What's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And as always, I'm just checking in on you, seeing how your life's going. And we already did the two shot. We have an amazing guest here, uh, one of my favorite people and musicians and bands, Josh Homme from uh, Queens of the Stone Age, who says do not promote his album, but I'm gonna because I love this album in Times New Roman. I can't. I'm like that's almost like how dyslexia. How I would <laughs> yeah, read you that. Almost, that almost Roman went, in totally. times. I'm like, is that how it is? No, it's in times. New Roman, and I've been listening to this thing. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm back in the gym. I don't know if you noticed a little more. You're looking really hot. I'm, I, I, I only, got a, I only have a double cheeseburger left here. I got rid of the Wendy's triple. We're working our way <laughs> the down. The night at dinner, you were looking really trim. It's like, who yes. is this hot guy? And I was like, that's Bill. You're like, am I looking in a mirror? And I aged 40 years? Oh, wait. That's that gentleman named Bill. But this album, I'm just going gonna, gonna to get past the compliments. And then you can get Yeah, it's going to make me uncomfortable anyways. All right. It's so I'll do it to you albums. if you do it to me. So watch, watch okay. out. I'll fucking take that back. I'm vain. I'll hit. Um, it's one of those albums. I listened to it, right? The first time, it was like two songs that really grabbed me. And then I was like, I don't think I'm smart enough for this album. And then three of them in, I'm like, this fucking album's unbelievable. And now it's just playing on a loop oh, on the elliptical good. into the car and it just keeps going and uh I, I i like it's you guys are really one of the most unique nobody sounds like you guys and then every time i think i know what your sound is you come up with a new album and you change it a little bit and then i got to try to catch up well you know you have to at. you have to you know ideally someone hears you and within a few seconds they know it's you even though right. there's that change there uh -huh. You know, because and, and I, I appreciate you saying that. And it, and it's supposed to be a 50th listen thing. Yeah, because there's some things you hear them a few times. You're like, I got it. I'm good. But oh, if you ideally, love it the first time, you're going to hate it by the third time. Right. It's just it's sort of going to run its course. It's going to be yeah. like Fruit Stripe, that that gum where you're like first four <laughs> pumps of that. It's fucking amazing. And then it is. You're like, this is the greatest gum I've ever had. Within 47 seconds, you're like, who the f what the fuck? What I happened? have bad breath again. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened to this? <laughs> again. You're right. And, and so ideally, it's there much like that submersible. It goes really deep. And no, you just can, everything about it, and then it cru then it crushes itself. Yeah. Oh, oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was big on Deep that story. You did I do I, that bit the night you came out? You did. You actually did a, a great bit that night. Yes. I, and was I, that, I hate that there's. Have you been, been working that bit, or is that that was just because you that did a was bunch one of those of ones cuff. that just came out? Um, I I kind of liked I like the idea of these billionaires going down to look at. You know what should have been dead billionaires, but they got off. <laughs> yeah, for, they were first. So looking like gee, women and children third. Yeah, who, who would have worked for me 120 years ago? They went down to look at that, and then they end up like dying. And then I also found I also loved how everybody, you know, on social media because it is such a me thing, made the story about themselves and what they would have done and how they never would have got on the thing and all of that type of stuff. And then. You know, there was some race thing there where this is like white people problems. There was a lot. Well, and then there was also sort of like, through. you know, your armchair engineers were like the carbon fiber that was, the, you know, where, know, where people are like critiquing the build. I still don't get the weight of water on you. It's like I'm in it, man. I'm part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I get if a safe is on me, but there's something that it's a liquid that it also that has the lower weight. you go, the pressure of the. Yeah. yeah. I under, it took me forever to understand air pressure in air. But now, like water, it's just like, wait, so like all air that- Air pressure and air as it pertains to like flying choppers and yes. shit? Yes. Took me like, a while to figure that out. What, wait, <laughs> what is the wind? What happens in a heavy wind with a chopper? That seems, I, I'm terrified by going diagonal. 
well, and it down? depends on uh, like what what but what are you thinking when you hit a high wind and you're like oh I mean does oh, that you, turn you, from joystick to like no joystick well I've only had experienced severe turbulence a couple of times and we just landed and well, your thoughts were we need to land <laughs> because well we, we were in what we were in was a light helicopter and then it was just a two-bladed underslung system so you could have like a mass bump so what you're supposed to do when that happens is you slow down if you're flying 90 knots you go down to like 60 you slow down and then you decide from you kind of let the wind do what it wants to you don't fight it yeah but you uh, don't try to correct into it and you don't fight well and what about things like you know you're on a plane you hit a pocket where you drop where the pressure changes in a helicopter that's see that's like that's where i would be like this is where I shit my pants, right? Or is this where I shit in your pants? Because I'm no, it's so it's all like what you have to understand is that the 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 rotor blades are shaped just like wings. It's the same shape and it's the same principle. It's just the engine makes them, you know, is making them move where the, the plane it's stationary. That's right. why you need all that forward movement to maintain lift, and that's why we can hover. Right. But when do so. I shit my pants? That's the oh, the whole time. <laughs> the, okay. Anytime you're in a light aircraft, you, you, you are see, shitting your pants. Yeah, you're you're so, like, oh, that's just coming off the mountains. That's totally normal. Yeah, there's like a lot of cross-rubbing and like a little bit of... No, no. You know what I have? I have this app that's called Windy. And you click on Windy, and then you just it just showed us sort of Everyone knows you. it's Windy. Yeah, everybody knows it's Windy. And there's a certain amount of... It's not even knots. It's what it really is is gusting. That's what's scary. Where it's like eight knots yeah. gusting the to twenty five. Yeah, the unexpected yeah. gusts. Yes. So that that's life. when it can get scary. But I fly a fully articulated main rotor system, so I don't have to worry about mass bumps and low G pushovers. However, it is a light aircraft. I fly when it's that nice makes out. total sense to me. Right. I fly when it's nice out. <laughs> R- right. You and do one of the things Sunday that I, one of the things that I do as I'm trying to do is not talk to people who don't fly about aviation because all you fl- drive, ride a motorcycle. Yes. Is there anything better than talking to somebody who also rides? Yes. Oh, so Fantastic. you're talking about the flying gap. So it's what happens fun. is so th- this it's not fun. No, people all they do is talk about you dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they have to bring what, to the conversation. It's just like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, my, my cousin Eddie lost a leg. Everybody says you buy. it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well buy a coffin with that fucking thing. And it's just like they do the True, same thing. True, so that's all I can, because it is, I'm already bringing the shitting your pants thing to the table because all I have to give I, I love that about you, the, but you'll also like ride a motorcycle in Los Angeles when everyone's like on some sort of legalized weed looking at their phones. Totally. And, and, and going and, over the double line and and i love the focus of it because you might die i love yes. that i don't some people have like headphones where they're like susie should we stop and get something right. you know they're talking to their right their significant other on the back of the uh, not me or they're listening to music not right. me i'm just right you know now are you of the i like the focus that if you're the one going the fastest you only have to worry about what's in front of you that's exactly right that's what people do you yeah. also got the bigger bike with the bags and i feel like well i have you, a cup i have a couple and there's a couple lane splitting bike. It, it is important to get to the front so people don't have to notice you right so at any you know getting faster and, and also you have to learn to throttle through trouble which right. is a really scary notion there's some pants mm-hmm. shitting there too i you know, i am, a, I am the biggest not owning a motorcycle guy, motorcycle guy you're ever going to meet. And I. Oh, and you mean you like the idea, but it's just too. No, I, I, I had one for like, I always tell the story. I had one like six weeks and uh, I had a Triumph Bonneville and I loved it. Yeah. And I, all I wanted to do was go 
from sunset, take it all the way out to the beach. Yeah. Just, that was my first ride that I wanted to do. And, and, you know, somebody came over the double line when I was in a turn and I had to come up, you know, just yeah. for a split second, but it yeah. felt like I was going to go right into the fucking trees or lose my head. And then when I finally stopped to get gas, like a half hour later, I got off and I noticed I was sort of shaking and I yeah. was like, oh, is that from the vibration of the engine? And it was just like, oh no, it's because <laughs> so I thought I was going to die. Yeah. So then I did something I never do is I prayed to God. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't let, but. And I said, yes, if you let me get this thing back to Dean's garage, I will never ride it again. And I never did. But recently in April, I went to the MotoGP race at Coda Circuit right. of the Americas, and we were in talking about going to the Isle of of Man to do the TT TTA. to check out the TT. And I was even suggesting we get a chopper that we could hover over the race somehow, <laughs> <laughs> like add the skills of being a fan and your skill set. You know? Yeah, that would be uh, like follow the bikes because they go intense. by so fast, and you know there's sheep's in the road, literally. Right. Is it sheep or sheep's? Well, I think there's probably more than one. No, I don't no, what know. Is it? it's, it's sheep, of course. It's sheep. But it sounds cute to say <laughs> sheeps. I had an ideal childhood, you know? We grew up on a farm with a with bunch sheeps. of sheeps. <laughs> no, but they do say, no, they say count sheep, not counting sheeps. Yeah, One well, of my thing is, Not though, in my house. My thing is, my favorite thing is people not only fucking up sayings, but combining them. Oh, my, this is. Like, like my, you're, you're not the smart, he's, he's not the smartest He's not the smartest tool in the shed. Yeah. It's the latest one I had. It's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Right. This, or when or someone says, it's not rocket surgery. Or it's like, said that? Yeah, it isn't rocket surgery. Yeah, I write them down. You want to hear a few? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do this for, uh, for you and for some of the listeners here. Where are they? I, this, now, if I, I, if I actually had some sort of production value... This, well, this would have been ready to go. In the interim, while you're doing this, I got to My mom does this all the time. And so she... <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, this is just totally so, lost. So okay, my, here we go. Okay, give me one, and then I'll tell you about the, my, the mom story. They go. should know each other like clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> you are a piece of dirt that I wouldn't piss on if you were on fire. <laughs> uh, he's not the brightest bulb to come down the pipe. <laughs> no shit, Captain Obvious. That's another one. Worth the trade offer. Yeah. Feudal <laughs> attempt versus feudal. The feudal like feud. All right, one last one. Swears. Instead of futile. Swears like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom has this problem where she just naturally combines them. Right. And so she said to my, my dad the other day, I, I don't, you don't have to manscape to me. Oh, and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, also don't do it to me as well. I don't want yeah. my dad manscaping anywhere. Explaining. And, yeah. Yeah, that's clear. It's like, that's pretty progressive yeah. for her to even know what that is, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. Manscaping? Do you know, my, do you know my, my, my lovely wife, Nia, went to go see the Barbie movie, and she came home, and she told me how funny it was and how awesome it was. And I was like, I would have loved to have seen that with you. Why didn't you take me? She goes, you're too misogynistic for that movie. <laughs> and I got mad for like fucking three minutes, and then I thought about this. All right, she's right. Possibly, but, but in this hot hot heat i'd almost sit through any movie see i in the desert i love ryan gosling so and margot robbie's gorgeous, gorgeous right? they're both gorgeous i'm just happy that they casted somebody gorgeous yeah i thought they were going to do that you know 
Yeah, well, yeah. Have, have you ever that, seen- had that guy that that played like Sipowitz on on uh, fucking NYPD Blue? <laughs> yeah, just like why, why can't why can't he play this part? <laughs> yeah, why, What's wrong with you? He should be able to, Dennis. Yeah, Brown. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't it be about Acting. the performance? It is, and it not is. his mustache, especially in the Barbie movie. Exactly. You know, but see, in this, I growing up in the desert in the summer when it's hot like it is, mm-hmm. I didn't care what it was. It was just two hours in the dark and the cold. Right. You know? So would you oh, have gone oh, to, to go see to the, the Barbie movies? movies? Would you have Yeah, I would have, and Barbie I would have movie? ruined it for her. Because that's what always happens. Last movie I went to go see with her was The Whale, which I kept calling Fatso. You want to go see Fatso? Just because it, it's so stupidly inappropriate. <laughs> and how was it? It was fantastic, and yeah. I loved it. But she gave me a whole speech before we went in. She goes, no laughing in inappropriate moments, <laughs> no making jokes, and da 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 And of course, the second I got in there, I, I, I was trying to guess where the movie was going, so something struck me as funny. And she was cold, and she was leaning on me, so she felt me going like this. And then she got Chortling. mad. She got mad. Uh, you know, not mad, mad, but got upset, and she like went away from me. But fortunately, it was so cold in the theater when I took my jacket off and gave it to her. Yeah, that was it brought you together. Yeah, I, I made it back. Yeah, you made it back. You made up your points. And it was a fantastic movie, and I absolutely loved it. Totally think, you know, I love Brendan Fraser and all that, but I mean. See, how, I didn't think he, he was that. He, I, I, I think his, uh, his performance in Encino Man was powerful, but I, I guess I never saw that coming that he would. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing why I think acting is so like whenever I, I do, do an acting gig and if somebody finds out I do stand up they always say oh my god that's like the hardest gig ever it's like it isn't I am 100% in control sure. of what I have to do and what I have to say and it's a bit one way in its own way right it's a one way conversation it's the, really the control right so I can stay totally within my comfort zone that's also how you don't grow as a comedian but I can just stay like I don't want to start singing up here because I can't sing too good or anything like that you get into an acting gig, and it's like whatever they wrote, you basically have to do, and then you do it, and you're at the mercy of of the editor, the the music, and all that, and that well, they, a- and they can literally make you go from okay to great, or if you did something great, they can drag it down well, to that, well. That's what being I'm saying, awful. isn't it? There's so many people involved in making something like that. It seems so difficult to guarantee that your best performance wouldn't be on the cutting room floor or just yeah. it's of no consequence for telling the broader story and so you just sort of pissed away all this hard work it just seems di- it's seems difficult and the then process also, of construction you never this prove movie. yourself as an actor i feel like they just you have you just constantly going i want to play that role well can you play that role it's like i want a fucking oscar yeah and it's just like well you know that you won it in the 2000s it's yeah, like yeah yeah so shouldn't it's i be never like over 13 years better and it's just like just watching them like like i don't know once i go into a club and i come in and i'm a nice guy and i killed i didn't have to resend them a tape the next year to see if i could come yeah, back to come do back it to do it's it, just yeah. like i had proven i was funny and well, i feel I'd like be, as an actor you just have to you just it never ends do you think you're at the point now in this acting f- situation where you can are do you feel you're comfortable enough to like yeah i see the screen direction i do this but you you get you're having enough input in the stuff that you're doing or is it still... Oh, no. I just do what I do, and if the director doesn't like it, I just go, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, right. Give me a line read. I don't give a right. shit. Let's, yeah. let's just get what you want, and let's go home. Let's get out of here. Like, Being... that's my number one thing. I want to be on the set, be on time, know all my lines, and whatever the director tells me to do, I'm like, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> well, it's weird. The directing is one of the last autonomous jobs, you know, where you can be... You're kind of a dictator of the situation. You know, you understand the overarching need that you have like the total needs 
for, yeah. to make something. It's, there's not a lot of jobs it's, that are that much in control of I ended an entire up situation. Accidentally getting that gig one time. And how did that go? For uh, wait, for what? I'm not allowed to say, man, because of the strike. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I'm not allowed to strike promote. one. Yeah. So I, I I directed something that's that is unknown. It's going to everyone. come out at some point, and I'm not allowed to say when. Oh, well, that sounds great. So uh, wait, I want to talk about the homeless guy that you almost hit with your car the other day that entered the act. It's because we were at dinner and we were talking yeah. about. Uh, we were sharing a smoothie. We were <laughs> two, <laughs> two straws, two curly straws yeah. with shamus on them from SeaWorld. Yeah, uh, one cup. And uh, but you were talking about not need, wanting to not need to use your act. But oh yeah, and 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 just picking up things. Oh yeah, I was talking about how, uh, especially on 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 a, on a night because we went to dinner and then afterwards. I had a show at the Adam Ray show where he was being Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Um, at the main room at the store. So it's like I had to go out and, and do a stand-up set. So on something like that, people are not paying to see me. So I'm going to try out new stuff. So on those nights, it's all about like... You're not needing to use your act. Avoiding your act. Right. But so we almost hit a homeless guy that was really, frankly, not too afraid of any of the cars on the road. He wasn't aware he was in the road. Right. But he was sort of like... Yeah, I mean, but he was sort of like, ah, you know, I mean, in man versus car, it's always the car that wins. But yes. he was. And he was sort of jig jagging or whatever that We word, ended up right? having to go different ways yeah, around, around him because him. he was so. And then you ended up opening with with a bit about. About I don't, that guy. About that guy. I was saying, yeah, those And people. I was like, that's my boy because. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying they crawl up from the sewers and this country's going to. And it's so awful. They got. Mental illness, and I really built it in an empathetic way. And I said, the way this, this, com- this country's going to change is we start welding those manhole covers shut. <laughs> shut. <laughs> Just went, you know, the other like way. Like the John Carpenter movie, uh, movie, They Live. Did you ever see that one? The, the one with Rowdy Roddy Piper? Is that the one I've chewed bubble gum? I'm all out yeah, of bubble gum? And I'm all out. And there's like a 15-minute fight that. scene. It's so long. There's just, it's got it's, a nod it. to pro wrestling. It's so good because it's really, it's very current in its okay. story because it's about the marketing and propaganda, but it's done by aliens and they're constantly marketing and, you know. Okay, and have we all and, sort of collectively agreed that there are aliens now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Build that wall. Or no, it's it's so, for, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Trump ones that he was talking about. Yeah, I mean. Because he didn't realize liberals our had already greatest built the pirate. wall, right? Yeah, uh, yeah they'd already, they'd yeah, already we'd built. already built it and thrown him in jails. <laughs> yeah. And then he got blamed for the whole fucking yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was the first guy. Well, but the, our greatest pilots, our true Top Gun pilots have all seen... The, did you see the one where it's this thing descends and shoots right into the ocean? It was, uh, it was our greatest pilot was like, what the fuck? And, and they're seeing it on the radar. It's a weather balloon. Yeah, right. Which I've never <laughs> seen. Yeah. <laughs> What, can we pull up a picture of a weather balloon? Because when I was growing up, it was, oh, it's a weather balloon. It's uh, the refraction of the light in the I love atmosphere. that that would work, though. Someone would say this high-speed moving object that's moving in a way that's beyond all, all technology. And it's like, yeah, well, it's a weather balloon. It's a weather balloon. It's, it's, and someone would go, oh. Or military technology that, that, that they have that they know about. But for our own security, we don't. For your own good. About. Yeah. It's for your own good that you accept that it's a weather balloon. Do you think, now that they've found out that there's a whole bunch but, of other Earths, 
Do you think that God is sort of looking at it like which earth is going to win? Which, who really <laughs> He's understood? got a pocket full of ones up there with <laughs> the devil just like doing a gambling thing. <laughs> he needs the devil. <laughs> yeah, you need somebody. By the of way. Course, of you course. You know what I mean? If everybody just sat around and fucking agreed with him, of he'd course. be bored shitless. Yeah, I mean, he had to invent someone to argue with him. He invented conflict. Right. So, you know, so there's that. Cunts. <laughs> yes, all the stuff did. they don't bring up they don't bring, it's all it's a ball washing every sunday <laughs> it's all the beautiful stuff that he did not all, not all the fucked up stuff to, to, to you know to let him know what a yeah. good day is yeah. you know hey, to tell abraham to kill his son that was kind of a dick move and yeah. then to be like nah just kidding oh your neighbor I mean, abraham is just bed. like oh, god you know this oh it's a weather balloon oh well i mean it looks just like a flying saucer right down the bottom well, there you go. There you go. That's what wait, it is. Wait, now, wait a second. Am, Why I, am I to believe it's that high? Yeah. Okay. All right, I believe I'll, it. Aaron just goes, yep. Yeah, yeah. That was so like, <laughs> that's yeah. not uh That's not Photoshopped. Okay. But why isn't that the biggest story in the world? That's how you know how fucked up the world has gotten, is that the UFO and the government saying, yeah, okay, yeah. Because I don't think there's well, enough people focused on any one thing anymore. But how is that actually... not the biggest? I mean, uh, yeah. they got to do it slow. It's the biggest. Why isn't that the ev all everyone's they talking gotta about? Because they got to give people a chance to write the third testament. <laughs> <laughs> and then adjust the story and say, no, but God did give us the third testament. You guys just weren't ready for it. And here it is. Yes. From a weather balloon over Florida. Yes. Dropping down. And still, God loves us the best. Yeah, <laughs> and we still pray to white Jesus. <laughs> I I love that. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about the Bible is that it does start out with, uh, I mean, incest. I mean, that's the only way it kind of. The goes. Adam and Eve, it'd be like. I like that we all came out of the ocean, like you know, when the turtles, little turtles, go into the ocean and they get eaten by the birds. I like that we all came out. Oh, how would that work though? I mean, so if you're a oh, fish geez. and you're just like, I want to go on land. And you try and you die, and someone else is like, "Did you see what Gary just did? I want yeah. to try it too." And eventually, it it works. Is that what happens? I don't know. So, you know, you know what, <laughs> you know what kills all my points? Follow up questions. <laughs> well, how would that work? You know what? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I I kind of I you know, then there's that Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I feel like is mainstream smart. Right. I don't buy that this guy's that super he's, smart. Yeah. Well, he's just talking to but dumb people. But we wouldn't people. know. Right. So you wouldn't know. You, to, right. you don't get to get. You just That's assume. That's like me talking to regular people like, wow, you're really funny. <laughs> but unless a comedian says, I've never seen a scientist say, you know, that Neil deGrasse Tyson. Well, wow. I, I think plus he, it's, he wears sort of an ascot type of thing sometimes. He's doing some of the fashion moves that it would make. It's a, do, it's a Dr. Phil vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Where Dr. Phil. Bit was a therapist and at some point that just helping people bored him and he was like i want my own tv show in groupies yeah <laughs> and then yeah so at that point then he has the same disease i have which is just that you you, you, you got need like a crowd to be like applauding you when you walk out so you, <laughs> you don't fucking kill yourself <laughs> some kind of confirmation <laughs> that you're headed in the right direction by the audience yeah i just picture him like well, but, like his former patients, I just want to be like when he had hair and he, he was talking to you. How did that go? Did he feel bored <laughs> that he wanted more? There's got to be something more than just doing this one on one. I want an all female audience and just, you know, for the most part, agree with the female perspective so I can get like a big fucking house. It's a weird yeah, thing. It's a weird thing. 
And oh, also you you're you're weird. doing you're you're being like, well, he's not the father. I mean, that's what you're doing is like doing those kind of reveals all day. Oh, that was yeah. And I, I mean, of, it's a little bit, you know, but that kind of daytime help. You know, yeah. what's funny on the way over here. There was a guy in a Jeep Rubicon and he had his spare tire cover said one life live it. <laughs> and I was sitting there going like, oh, we, we Hell yeah, man. Were you that in the moment when you bought that Jeep Rubicon? <laughs> I was 100% present when they upsold me from the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, with that yeah. on there that came with it. It's like you're welcome, man. You're welcome. I one just life like live that it. Unsolic like it's unsolicited life advice and then also by having that on your car, you're suggesting that that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're all but guaranteeing that yeah. being in the Rubicon is proof positive, like I'm doing, man. It's a little bit like that's right. I just wake up every day. It's the counterpoint to the Bed Bath and Beyond, like it's wine thirty. You know all those towels that they have, like mommy juice. You know. Like, <laughs> that's all for people who've never been arrested in their life. That's <laughs> like, like uh, all of their, yeah. everything's like comfy and like soft and shit like that. But um, Nesty. It's very nasty. Very nasty. I'm nesting. I'm yeah. a foodie. I'm an empath. <laughs> I'm an empath. I'm on my journey. I'm on my journey. I'm having a cheat day. Yeah. These are just all excuses. <laughs> I'm having. <laughs> for being uh, selfish and just fucking. Actually, hanging. cheat day sounds like an amazing porn series. <laughs> that would be the ultimate if your wife caught I'm you having a cheat else. day. What? I'm having a cheat day. I starved all week. I'm having a yeah. cheat day. You didn't fuck me all week, and now I'm fucking banging somebody else. Oh my god, that's fantastic. That's a great fucking uh, concept. Porno. Yeah. But you know, it's every once in a while. Yeah, there not needs that to be I a partake, problem. But no, they they try to have a little bit of humor. Yeah, and there needs to be a Cheat problem day. in each porno that they're solving. And the person who's cheating has to be 100% indignant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm having my like, cheat Like, don't day. body shame me. Don't uh, fucking, what do they call it? What do they call it? Uh, what's that smart word when you're, you don't fuck around? Monogamy. Yeah, don't monogamy shame me. Monaga shame. Monaga shame. But not going to come home. Something like that. This is why I believe polygamy. that in aliens. polygamy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I believe in aliens and one life. Live it. Live it. Absolutely. I like when with you have kids, people always say, you got to take it in. You got to be present. It's like, it, that's not possible. <laughs> you can't have one kid freaking the fuck out that you're trying to potty train and then the other one's screaming about their iPad and be Just like soak in, it in the them. moment. There's no way to not be thinking like at 8.30, they'll both be in bed. You know, when you have just like a little bit of baby shit on your cheek somehow, yeah. <laughs> like after all you've done you, and you look up and you're like, oh my God, and now you've just made it bigger. Uh, you just really have to just take that in. Yeah, you have <laughs> in to the be moment. present. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's just gonna like, you know, it's gonna go by so fast and it's just like, look, this, everybody's, if you have kids, it's gonna fly by. And no matter no matter how much time you spend with them, you're not gonna feel like you spent enough. So these but, fucking people who have older kids, they put this fucking pressure on you that this is shit that they can't even live up to. But have you got to the point yet where, so nostalgia is not my favorite thing because, uh, you know, it's I depressing. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer, but have you gotten to the point yet? Your kids are now getting a little older, mm, six, six three. three, where you take your, with your six-year-old and you see you know, the two-year-old shoe, and you mm -hmm. just hold that shoe, and you're like, 
No. You haven't got to that spot yet? I, Me I, either. I, Fuck that. That's no, not no, even no. real. <laughs> no, I don't do that because I started so late. So the fact that they're getting older, you know. and You're I like, thank God, we I, can finally start to do something. No, I haven't died yet. I'm like, okay, this is good. This <laughs> well, is good. Well, there's still time. <laughs> but I also like... Because uh, I just... Know. A little shoe. It's amazing. It's just like a regular shoe. I've but done it's that. a goddamn little shoe. It's so amazing. Helix, everybody. Talk about how important a good night's sleep is to having a good day. I'll tell you right now, if I don't get eight hours, I'm calling someone a cunt within the first 20 minutes. You can believe that. It's not true, but, you know, just figured I'd go big. Thought he was still there. Um, the Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, and mat- a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, even a mattress made just for kids. Who would have thought, you know? I thought they were still sleeping on the floor, Aaron. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Everybody everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. Each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in the stomach. The stomach and the back sleeping positions. Oh, if you lay on your front is what they're saying. They didn't want to say you dick. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it. Don't worry about it. Helix has has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Do you think they say that when they're picking up chicks? And what do you do? I'm a doctor of sleep medicine. (laughs) Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Labor Day. Go to helixsleep.com slash burr and use the code HELIXPARTNERS25. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. H-E-L-I-X-P-A-R-T. N-E-R-2-5. There's this guy, Brian the Bootmaker. He's like a 26-year-old cobbler. Oh, downtown L.A. Downtown yeah, LA. Fucking amazing. Fucking so am- one yeah. day, we yeah. went in when I just had my daughter. Uh, my son wasn't born yet. I went in with my lovely wife, and we all got, we all got like, boots made by him. And, of course, you know, she grew out of hers. And I saw those. I did see In, those. like, a week. I know. I did see those. But, no, it's, a, no, they, they but it's amazing. A little shoe that has all the same work in it is so fucking cute and yeah. just... But I did look. Him. I did look at it the other day. Yeah. And I was just like, "What?" Because I remember when I did um, one of my specials. I remember because we have a picture of it. Like she was wearing those, and I was wearing the ones that Brian had made. And we were in fucking Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. All right. This is kind of a keeper. Plus that um, venue. That there's that venue is so fucking classic. I know. And you, you have the boot. You have the venue. You got the thing. Don't you feel like? Like I, I, I really have to have I have to do something special tonight. I just can't just be like a for sure. Eh, you know for sure. In fact, you know I, my prize? I, I sang okay tonight. Well, I had probably the best show I've ever been part of at the Royal Albert Hall too, because that especially that that's one of those venues that's just this vaulted yes. history and is special. Um, we play we play there with Iggy, you know, when we're Iggy's yeah. backing band, and it's one of those things where and they're filming it. 
And usually when you're filming something like that at a concert, it's not your best show because it's just it's not. Mm-hmm. But that was just like one of those moments where everything. Now, how did you feel afterward? Were you just like, that must Honest, be honestly, honestly, I went, I went, <laughs> I had my own little dressing room and I went in there and I kind of bawled my eyes out. That's I good. Like, I, I, it was so, I was like, wow. That's awesome. I, I, I can't believe I was allowed to be part of that. That guy in the Jeep Rubicon would give you the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such an amazing moment. And I'd, I'd listened to Iggy since I was a kid. And he had, and he had he never played, played. Had he, he ever played there? No, but he always he was, wanted to. He was always underground. It was on his list of things he wanted to do. I was like, tell me 10 things you wanted to do that that hadn't maybe hadn't occurred and we'll see let's see how many we can tick off that's another reason why he's so amazing because he's talented enough that he could have wrote some shit that would have got him there but he he still had to write what he wanted to write well it's interesting because like being in playing with him I realized a few things that was like you know I've always tried to do my own thing and 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 not be overly influenced but not deny your influences you know and Mm -hmm. And um, wanting to sound like yourself and taking those risks is about taking those risks. But Iggy is one of those guys that the Stooges weren't just a little ahead of their time. People hated them actively because they mm-hmm. didn't understand them at the time. They're, right. Thirty years it took for one of those rec- for for raw power to go gold. Even thirty years. Imagine I realized when you're thirty years ahead of your time, it's lonely and you question yourself. Right. I, I know what I what I did. I felt was right and. I, and it's just not understood yet. I know it was like this. It's actually a lonely. Love. You would tell me summer love, and he's like, "Now I wanna <laughs> be, be your dog." Right, and everyone is like, you know, come <laughs> people now, smile. Yeah. And he's like, got a dog collar on. <laughs> it's like being that far ahead of your time. There's a loneliness uh, associated with that, and to not give in to the doubts you have about your direction. And I just yeah. admire that he, you know, and. Uh, yeah, how do you handle that? Like with the way you guys change every album to album. I mean, you guys have, to have so many critics like, this isn't what they already did. Yeah. And then they just fucking shit all over it. And then if, well, you, if you stayed the same, then you've become a parody of yourself. It's like you can't, like their job is to take the piss out of it. So they're, they're gonna, no matter what you do. I've completely, um, um, I don't read anything. And I haven't for years because I, I, I by the time we're finished making it, I know I put everything into it, and I know it's either a success or not based on what happened there. And I don't want to let, I don't want to get affected by, especially nowadays, everyone's, there are people writing about something they've never fucking done in their life and giving yeah. this heavy critique of like, <laughs> you know, of something they- Sounds like half of my act. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that is the comment, you know, I was, in a way, I almost wonder if comedy hasn't really ha- having this golden era where it's it's really relevant and important, and, and it always was to me that I right. because you know you're talking about the difficult things in life by laughing, you know, making fun of something where making fun where there was none. If you can't make fun of Hitler, yeah. then what are you supposed to do? Just in, enjoy taking him seriously? Well, I, it's, 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 yeah, but it's also like humor is like total defense mechanism. Like, I'm just going to make a joke so I don't have to feel the real feeling. But it's also a way to broach subjects that are right. difficult in a way that there's an easy intro to the conversation. You know, I was like, yeah. I, I, you know, and, and, and I don't know, from my perspective, almost like comedy's in this great spot where, 
it seems to have more social relevance right now than even lots of music does. Uh, you know, music that's taking on difficult subjects quickly gets, I, I, I imagine, quickly gets sort of like critiqued and torn apart into all this. But I, I think, feel, but there's so much going on. Like there's, a, there's like songs that I listened to for 30 years and then finally really listened to the lyrics. And right. Because I was just so listening to the drummer, the, the guitar player, Waylon, and then I was going, is that what the fuck this song is about? Like, I well, swear that, to God, I love Jenny that. from the Block. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny from the Block. I used to half listen to it going like, yeah, she's not about money. And she's like listing all of this shit. She's totally about money. And then I really listened to it. It's like, oh, she already owns all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is like a feminist anthem. <laughs> I thought it was like about storage wars. I, I thought it was just about like uh, somebody who was materialistic but, singing about, I don't need this and I don't need that. It's like, well, then how do you know? You already know about all that shit. Well, you are, ta you are tapping into the beautiful part about music is that you get there are these levels and you get to sort of enjoy that outer level without having to go deep on it and it can last for years yeah and there's still this undercurrent there's more to be had if you want it you mm -hmm. know that's why like you know you were talking about the rec our record that the more you listen to the more you start to get in and peel the layers back yeah it's, amazing. it's fun to make something that has that complexity possible to it yeah and, that that because that's yeah. the way it was like uh <clears throat> Like back in the day when you didn't have all your music with you all the time, which I love, but like I just remember I would be at school thinking about the album that I wanted to go home and play yeah. and just sit there and listen to it and hopefully I could get through enough of it without my older brother coming in and flicking the <laughs> fucking needle <laughs> off, punching me in the shoulder, do, yeah, doing all of that shit. <laughs> what a sweetheart. And, uh, but it's, it's funny that something would actually work. You, you can hear something. And it gives you a strange feeling that's akin to walking away from a first date where you have butterflies and you think about it. Right. And it, and it actually triggers this emotion where just listening to um, these notes and ideas and things coming together gives you a feeling where and you want to do it again. It's got right. there's an addiction to it. It's 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 beautiful to me that that actually is possible and works. Who are you listening yeah. to right now? That like is there anybody that's coming up that. Uh... There's this band, the Viagra Boys, I've been listening to Oh, a lot. you told me about them. Yeah. I was like, I love that name. Yeah, and, and um, it's very sort of raw, and it's sort of uh, loose and, and um, self-aware. Right. Like it's, and, and it's kind of skewering culture, but by admitting, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of making fun of this, but it's me. <laughs> Right. It's it's self-aware. The singer Sebastian is really self-aware and sort of uh, free in himself. Then there's a bit of that Iggy and a bit of and there's along the road. Like we humor in it. Of course, too. yeah, Viagra boys. No, because you know. I noticed with like with with your stuff, there's always there's a humor, yeah, or irony in in yeah. a lot of the stuff that you certainly like all like the the titles of the song on on most of them on this one. But like, uh, I always find like like that type of stuff that I, um, I, I prefer like heavy shit delivered in a silly way. Yeah. Rather than it heavy delivered heavy to me becomes like redundant. Well, there needs and to be some actually, balance. It almost like upsets me. You, well, because it also it uh, can get it can you. get cheesy. REM. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hurts. It's just like, oh my god, dude. It is true, All though. right, I get it. It is true, <laughs> but it's just like, Bro, right. I wasn't. You know what it really was? Because it's a great song. I wasn't comfortable. I mean, you weren't ready to admit that. Just to watch a man. 
But I also think singing like but that. But aren't you talking about there's some there's some things when heavy. <laughs> I did everything but feel his head on my shoulder <laughs> when he was singing that. Like all right, all right, all right, Put REM your guy. Head on. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that what I heard, what I if what I think what I'm hearing you say is that the delivery of something heavy sometimes when it's too when it's all too heavy it gets a little cheesy. That's why I can't watch Nate. I can't watch nature shows anymore. <laughs> you can watch whatever animal they're talking Wait, about. Wait, what the fuck does that have to do with nature Because you watch the shows? first eight minutes, and it's this animal, and it's fascinating. And then they're like, and then man came, and there's fucking plastic bags and all of this shit. And you're like, oh, over a beaver's face, yeah. it's just a ziplock. And all the coral, the, the Great Barrier Reef is dying. It's all turning white, and nobody gives a fuck. And you're just like, true. Now what true. do I do? Now what yeah. do I do? I'm going yeah, to bed do. with this. The Great Barrier Reef is dying. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Oh, Lawrence Welk. Sleep tight. Pleasant <laughs> <laughs> dreams. I've just decided that I'm 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 now I I, I uh, how I'm combating all of this stuff because all of this shit's freaking me out. It's hard not to be a little bit freaked out by it. I'm I am small town Billy. I just I just like I just mind decided, your own backyard. I, keep your focus tight. And I go down. I got my place right by my paper. I get my Italian food here. I get my cup of coffee. There. I don't worry about the rest of it. But I I maintain that maybe in a way you shouldn't be worrying about the rest of the world. You should be only focused on your immediate area. If your immediate area was your most important thing, which included like. You know, voting for councilman, that's my most important vote. Right. And cleaning up your own backyard, as Elvis sang. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's people are starving across the world, but I feel like the news is trying to make you feel bad about like something you can't even participate in. No, it's like this like horrible thing homeless... is happening. We have no solution. And good night. And you can't take your eyes off it. Yeah. And keep watching. And we got you now. And yeah. And good unless night. unless you think starving children is OK. Right. <laughs> Where you're like, what the fuck? What? How did this even happen? What are you talking about? Have I didn't say that, anything. Have you seen that clip? Elvis gave the best fucking response. They go, what do you think about, you know, the war over there, blah, blah. And he's just like, my own just an entertainer, man. I, I don't, I don't, I ain't going to talk about it. Well, what do you think about people who have criticized the war? Do you think that they shouldn't do it? He's like, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. I'm just, a, I'm just a guy who goes out there and well, that's how I, I've shakes kinda, it up a little bit. That's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Did he really do? You, no, he didn't do it. But I mean, that was like I would have loved it. That was his vibe. I would have loved if he would have been get, like, I'm, just, get, uh, I'm, the, I'm more into this, I think, really. Yeah. My little, answer. Little bang, bang. Little my right, answer little jiggles. Right, little left. I'm right in the middle. I'm a centrist. That's going to be a word someday in the future. A centrist. Thank you very much. <laughs> he leaves the well, stage. But I, I do see the value in escapism. Like, I don't fucking like to engage in all that stuff in, in what I do because there needs to be video game arcades and ice right. cream parlors where you're like, please just shut the fuck up, Gary. Right. I want to hear it somewhere. Is there somewhere I don't have to hear yes. all this stuff from you? Can I just turn up the music? That's why right. music should be turned up. It's so you can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I've just given you know? it. It's, it's designed to fail. So I'm just going to fucking, you know, enjoy. I mean, I mean you know what? That spare tire cover. I'm gonna fucking, you know. I'm gonna I rip got it up one life, on mine. One life, and I'm gonna live it. You know what? <laughs> I know to get you for your birthday. I'm gonna do my elliptical in the morning. Have a flat white and fucking read the newspaper and fucking try to be nice to people. Well, I have I have a question too. Like you know, uh, there's a lot of comics out there that really kind of aren't that great. <laughs> Go to a night on the. Like Jesus, you were killing it, dark turn. You, you were t you were you were killing, but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that. Uh, like I would say comedy's they're in a, hard, they're in and a it's different like place in the journey. 
<laughs> and they're they're on their way. I mean, there's a lot of VHS tape of me not being funny at all. <laughs> well, right, but so what I mean and by that, sweaty. what I mean, <laughs> sweaty and unfun. What I yes. mean is like in that wood shopping phase, like that process seems so difficult when you're. There's a lot of comedians that seem like they're still developing their thing and the notion of getting up there and bombing all the time how does that work well you have to build i mean that takes a, a lot of intestinal fortitude to keep i know but to you, work you, it that way first thing you have to do is you have to build i just kind the, of admire that actually to going up failing and going back up and getting up again and again and again oh yeah because uh, it takes a I mean, to do that 10 times in a row, isn't that what it You're takes? You're going to talk me out of doing stand-up. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you keep bringing the logic into this, um, I, you have to be like, the, the club has to, to really go up and bomb and grow, you, you have to have killed, I feel, for like two, three years, not maybe a couple, year and a half, two years, they know you're funny. So then if they see you up there bombing, they're not They know like, you're trying to grow through something and, and they're not push looking through at it something. Like, yeah, like, okay, we got to stop giving this guy these primo spots or whatever. So um, there is, there, there's like different kinds of bombing. There's like bombing because you're new and you don't know what you're doing. Right. And then there's, then once you start to know what you do, you're doing, then there's, I lost him, what the fuck happened? Right, I had him, I lost him. Sort of mid-flight, like I've lost my gauges, what's happening here? And then there's that bombing, which you may or may not recover, but you don't 100% know how to get him back. And then I feel like the last phase is like, if I wanted to, I could kill with this shit that I know that works, but that, that's- That's why, yeah. That's a waste of a drive. Not needing to rely on your act, yeah, right. But it's a waste of a drive over here. <laughs> Because my act isn't going to grow or go in like a different direction or anything. I just remember going to the Desert Inn, going to see Rodney Dangerfield. I was like 10 years old, 9 years old with my folks. And uh, I'd already seen Carlin at, before at 9 because my dad was in like... Vegas? In Vegas? At the Desert Inn, same place. Fred Travellino opened up wow. for him. And Judy Tenuto opened up for... Uh, Rest uh, her soul, man. Yeah. I loved her. Uh, oh, with that, uh, yeah. and the accordion is funny by nature because look at the thing, right? Yeah, Since, pigs, and then she, yeah, yeah. fucking <laughs> pig. She was like, <laughs> she, and was, she amazing. was amazing. Yeah, and then but Rodney came out and he did, you know, he really was leaning heavy on the old, Stop. a lot of old bits, mm -hmm. and he got booed off stage. And I was only nine. I never, I didn't know you could boo so that. That was at nine. You have no concept that like. If it's not going well, the audience right. is allowed to say the word boo until... So watching someone get booed and then he was like, fuck you, and he left. <laughs> I was like, is this part of the show? Am I... Can somebody help me to understand? Like, I had to That's ask amazing. my folks, what does that even mean? And then I realized the jeopardy of going on stage. That you are like, you're taking this big risk, you know? And, yeah, uh, there's. Uh, it was odd to see that and know that that adults can boo each other. Is this how does that work? You know, because. But what was great back then is he got booed at the Desert Inn, and the only people that knew it were the ones in that room. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that I I do miss about. Um, yeah, that things you know, would actually disappear. I, I, uh, the time I got booed, one of the many times, but the one that got filmed, that was early on in uh, sort of social media. Uh, on the Opie and Anthony tour that I can't remember it was 05 or 06 or something like that 
And I was worried like my career was over. Right. Because I was just like, oh, my God, like everyone's going to boo me now because they're going to want to see me like snap, which is what happened the next weekend in Cleveland. Was this the snap and was it a Philadelphia thing or something? Yes. What was this? Yeah. That, that was the one. Well, I mean, I'd been booed before. I got booed in Vegas. <laughs> I got booed in Philly. I got booed in Cleveland. And a couple other times. I mean, it, it happened. But it was the first time I was like actually filmed. And, uh, yeah, I trashed their sports teams or whatever. But I, I remember leaving and the other comms, oh, my God, you know, that was fucking so cool, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, like, I, I was like, no, I don't think it was. Yeah. I think I just ended my career. And right. I was thinking, like, and I remember the next. Well, nowadays, you, that's forever on the permanent record and held. Nothing ever disappears. But what I'm saying is that actually ended up helping me. Right. Where you know, but that's not always going to be the case. It, yeah, no. In in, the, in cases of getting booed off or having a meltdown or whatever, I think it all, all depends on like how you like ended up handling it. So then the next week we went to Cleveland and they booed me as I was walking on stage, and then I was just going like, <laughs> "Guys, I'm not. You're not going to pretend to boo me, and then I'm going to pretend to be upset, right? And make funny your thing." And I started doing my act. They just kept booing, and I was just like, "All right, good night." So that was weird, and then I was convinced that it was over. But then the next weekend, I I was off the tour and I, I did the punchline in San Francisco and I was just sitting in the back room and I was just like what's going to happen are yeah. they going to boo me and then I realized wait this is like 180 people there I can right. see all of them this right. isn't 10,000 drunk people that just disappear into darkness yeah. so they have the uh, bravado um, I can eviscerate people here I'm in a club I can see you so um, but I went through stuff like that too where I would sort of you know sort of all liquored up and you know, you start talking shit to an audience, and then, then that gets online, and then you have people trying to goad you into that. You know, right? Do you? You know what yeah. the thing about being in a band is? I just feel like where we get booed, people throw shit at you because they you can't hear what they're saying because you're playing your guitars and stuff. For sure. Yeah. So I've had stuff thrown at me, and just something coming out from the light. It's just like it's like a becomes like a major league pitcher because you don't see it to the last four feet. There like was, this thing's flying in your head, and you're out there. Don't you come home, Bill Bailey? Well, especially since you're busy. You yeah, know, you're kind of like have all limbs working, and you know. Right. There was one time in Australia, and it's, oftentimes it's just sort of like from my world, it's sort of just like punk rock wildness. Mm -hmm. Things get thrown, and things. You know, you're playing these smaller clubs. Many years, many many years ago in Australia, I was playing in Melbourne, Australia, and you know, people are on top of your shoulders, and there's pits and they're crowd surfing and all this stuff is just wild frankly right and so in the melee of all that a can of beer comes and i just grab it put it in my mouth rip it and go and then you're bleeding like all in one motion you know and where you kind of don't realize you're just lost in the moment thinking like no one hurts me more than i hurt myself you out of your mind oh is that what that was that for me that was what that was it's like you can't hit me with you know try to hit me with something there's no way I do a better job than you at hurting Must myself. maintain control <laughs> of right. situation. <laughs> right. Something what did the crowd do when you did that? They were like, yeah. Yeah, but the look on everyone's that face of like, there's something priceless to that too. It's like these moments of wild extremes. And oftentimes up there, I don't know what's gonna ha what I'm going to do All or right, what's going to happen. Afterwards, you're in the green room. The adrenaline's worn off. Yeah. And now you got these slices. And, and you're like, going, why did oh, I die? Huh, Why you know, did I do putting, that? <laughs> yeah, and then you go on the airport, and the they, the, you know, the people at customs look at you like, 
Like you're shooting up like yeah. a truck <laughs> Totally. We, we had a light show on our last tour, the Villains Tour, uh-huh. that were these, like, you know, tube lights that are about this tall with, on springs, mm-hmm. you know, so you could let it go and it would go boing, 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 boing. Right. And it was like a forest of them. And it, it was amazing because I'm a bit of a masochist, so I love the idea that, you know, we're kind of launching these lights at each other. It's almost, da- it's dangerous. Yeah. So then, then did and, you bleed again? Yeah. So I. <laughs> so do you have to bleed every tour? <laughs> probably a little bit. A little. Uh, probably a little. I'm trying to. Th- I think I saw you guys at the forum last time. You're right. Last and I time. think that light tree thing was happening there, maybe at that time. I don't think any, there was nobody threw anything. It was the LA crowd. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, yeah. they, they were in the uh, in the business. So what, no. let's. I know you don't want to promote nothing here, but what about? Uh, is you have a second leg coming up? Is it Europe? Is it? We're really United just States? we're really just starting. We did oh, okay. we did Europe and kind of uh, initial festival run, but the United States is starting right now. You know on Tuesday. Oh wow! And you know it's just uh, I'm actually you know after you know I know everybody went through something the last four years, mm-hmm. and and I certainly did too. But it's funny that. Um, it's created this beautiful appreciation for, for what it is I get to do because I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. And, you know, I've had Ooh, that's just going to be those are going to be some good shows. Yeah. Well, you really, really I really want to go right. play. I'm, I kind of can't wait. I feel like open the gate, turn them loose. You All know? right. So when you I always ask people this, I just had a buddy ask him because he's going to go open for a band and he was sitting there going like two suitcases, one big one, one small one. Is that too much? And I was like, yes. One it's better to pants. do laundry than, than carry dirty laundry. Yeah, one pair of pants, two show shirts, and then you just have your travel outfit. And that's... That's it. That's it. I feel. See, I've... I've you know... So what are you? Now, you dress up, though. You, I remember when you guys were back in Iggy, you guys had those fucking sick-ass suits. Well, that... Because I like, want to kind of do that hail, hail rock and roll thing where mm-hmm. Keith was backing up Chuck Berry, where it's like, oh, it's we're his gang... Thing. And we're the band, and then you're different. You're in something else, you mm-hmm. know, because that just felt appropriate to right. to be like we're your boys. Like we got you, you know. There's something cool and romantic about all that shit. I just love all that shit. So when you, know? how much do you bring? Are you a diva? I don't. No, I don't bring very much. You That's know, because I, I think. because I'd rather just do laundry than carry it. You know, and yeah. plus there's something about. I doing... I don't want to stand waiting for the fucking bag everywhere you go. Uh, no, I don't check in anything. No. I refuse to check in anything. Plus, I do like to be in a laundromat. There's mm-hmm. something really uh, just grounding about <laughs> doing laundry at a coin-op when you're on tour. You know, there's something that's just like... Picturing you with your fucking cuts all down your arm. <laughs> Reading the local paper. Yeah, like the, the you know, the, the, uh, the Washington, D.C. Gazette. Right. You know, there's a yard sale around the corner. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things. So if, if I have a day off from the road before I leave, if I get all of my dirty laundry done, yeah, it feels no good. No dirty laundry in the bag. It's fine. You come home, you just unpack and tuck it away. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you're like I. You know, I really did something. I really did. I, I, there's that feeling of accomplishment about me doing laundry. I also, on the second I come home, I unpack. Yeah. I come home, I say hello to everybody, I go upstairs, I fucking unpack everything, and I put the uh, the suitcase away or whatever. And uh, I don't always make it to that. Right I always do that. And Nia's always just like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Because I go, because if I yeah, don't, do, a little Travis I don't Bickle. do this right now. <laughs> it's a little Travis Bickle, just like, 
talking to me? <laughs> no, if I don't do this right now, that fucking thing is going to sit there for six weeks. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. I kind of know. And then it becomes, there's something depressing. And you're laying in bed. And About you're having look, elements still there on the yeah, bag that still there. Yeah, suitcase. But I always know I'm about to go again. I always struggle with that sort of relationship of that. But I, uh, what I noticed, though, is the, so I just went, I went and saw, uh, I went and saw Neil Brennan the other day. He was at mm -hmm. the Ebel Theater, and I went backstage, and he had a bag of chips and one water, and that was it. And I was like. Smart man. <laughs> I w but and your but your backstage wasn't a lot of stuff either. No, because what happens is our backstage is a fucking cavalcade yeah, of and you're getting ripped off every night. Of because, course, because they're over they're overcharging you. Of course, and they're buying way too much, and then the, the whoever runs that house goes and, home. And I'm like, what is that? That 97 percent cacao? That's amazing. Yeah. 97 percent. Was there 15 of those? Like I'm so, I'm just, just like mesmerized by it all the time. It's so raw carrots, we can make a juice. You know, I'm, I, sh I need to take a cue from what you guys are no, fucking No, somebody doing. told me that. He said, don't have a big rider backstage because it's just another way that they're going to rip you off because they're going to charge you all this extra money. And, uh, you know, you're not going to drink the whole bottle of booze by yourself, so they're just going to take it. But we always have people come back and it's like, is six bottles of tequila, is that enough? Is that going to be enough for Tuesday? Is that enough? Because <laughs> all these people come back and it's right. like, I'm just basically... But you know, try the cacao. But that, that's like a, that's a band thing. Like, there's this pressure to have... Well, it is, you know, you are turning Tuesdays into Saturdays when you play. I know. It's and awesome. people are taking their hard-earned money, and they're like, I got I hot tar roofs, and I don't want to do that. I want some rock and roll, and I want to cut loose, you know? Right. And I did do you ever love hear how ACDC did one tour? ACDC literally, part of their set was backstage. They had their own pub because they couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. And every night, they would build literally the bar a place to play darts, and they would feel like yeah. they were in a bar. Pub table. And it, and it was the same bar every night, so it became like your spot. You had your seat or whatever, yeah. and you'd go in there, and you could just get a beer and, and party with the crew. That sounded to me like that's fucking perfect. Well, and there is a bit of blowing off steam. Uh, you'd think after you played, didn't you just blow off steam? But mm -hmm. there's that adrenaline that's still going. Like oh, you yeah. couldn't play a show and say, I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed. There's no way. You know? It's like pick up hockey at 11.30. Yeah. <laughs> it is. You get it's home a, two in the morning. It's just like, like <laughs> after, afterwards, is that I'm, what that I'm, is? I'm, I'm totally joking. <laughs> okay, I don't good. think pick up hockey is the same as being a rock band playing the fucking I don't know. Royal I've never Albert picked Hall. up and played any pick up hockey. I always would have liked, I think I would have enjoyed playing hockey. You would have been a psycho. <laughs> you would have been a defenseman, and you would have been the guy that fucking kept everybody like, oh, Josh is on the ice. I think I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, you have. You Our have guitar player, a, uh, Dean, play, you know you know Dean. He, he plays mm -hmm. hockey, and he's kind of got a Travis Bickle thing in him, too. You wouldn't know to look at him, but he's A lot of Detroit. stuff comes out in competitiveness. Yeah. Like anything like from fucking the Pinewood Derby when your kid's in Cub Scouts. Remember that? And all those dads. And I said, that. I'm supposed to believe a fucking six-year-old built that. <laughs> yeah, oh, but what is it with all that? Parents are just building their kids' shit for them. It's I, like, that's a log cap. Look at the... This volcano is insane. Well, you're allowed to help and stuff like that. I just remember there was one Of course one you're guy, allowed to help, but for God's sake, this is like a Vesuvius. It looks uh, incredible. This guy took you know? a block of wood when my brother was racing him, right? Because I never joined the Scouts because I saw, like, it was the 70s. My brother would go down to the bus stop with a Cub Scout thing on and he would just, you know, have to fight. 
um, because it was all part of like, you know, what do you, you know, yeah. you're pro Vietnam War. There was just something about everything was about like not being with, you know, any sort of government. Even in the scouts. Yeah. yeah so um, they give you like a block of wood. And this guy, somehow, I still remember it. He made a caterpillar. It went up like this. And went down. So he must have had so like he shaved a, away. The, he had a bandsaw, and was <laughs> like he's slicing an apple, and then wood glue. And but the thing about it is, is the kid's supposed to be helping it too, like helping too. So, I mean, the guy didn't win. It was but not the symbolism at of all. being a caterpillar and growing and getting in the, the chrysalis is just priceless. It was. I should have viewed it that way. Instead of looking like, I just remember even as a little kid, and I was two years younger than my older brother, going like, "There's no fucking way that." Yeah, kid that, made but that. That, I, I deal with that all the time. I go and I look at this thing, you know, and my kids made something on their own, and it's a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. But then I look over, and it's like, "There's a remote control. How's a yeah. volcano of a goddamn fucking remote control? Was that goo coming out? Was it like official no. goo?" And 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 in that right there, what's the lesson see, there? You see why the world isn't going to work. <laughs> because there's always that guy, and that guy is always rewarded, and that guy ascends. A good job, t- Timmy. Ascends the ladder of power because he doesn't give a fuck. One like all those people, like, hey, you got to fake it till you make it. Hey, any port in a storm, yeah, you do what you got to do. All of those, don't, that, all of that shit. <laughs> Uh, is basically, I don't want to do the work, I'm not talented enough, but I'm going to figure out a fucking way yeah. <laughs> to get there. If and you I don't, don't make it, are you just faking it forever? I guess that's a lot of faking I mean, it. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people doing that, you know? There's a lot of, you know, shiny clothes yeah. going back to a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> 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 that has not been mine. I, I'm, I'm very conservative. Look at me. I've always, a long time ago, I realized that Malcolm Young was was the, the fashion icon fucking like, love Malcolm yeah. yeah and he never looks bad Dill's except guys, early on so when they were all trying to be a little bedazzled then they were like you know what maybe just Angus but I lo- all those early watching all their early videos like Jailbreak and all that stuff oh, it's, it's the incredible. best fucking I mean ACDC's gotta be in my top one and a half favorite bands I know, of all no. time because it's Bon Scott going, ew, <laughs> like all this sort of like, <laughs> like, uh, like sick royalty. And he's such a, like the missing teeth. He's older than those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, tell you, I think I, I still like, he, I feel even at 55, he still, when he, when he was 34, he still looked older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Like because guys, the hard living. So yeah. as proof positive of that notion when i i went to the experience museum in seattle once on a day off many many years ago it was a traveling acd exhibition and you know there's about 15 of us it was in the middle of the day on a, like a tuesday type of thing and that's only like 15 of us and we're all looking at these uh, of, of different we were all together just 15 kind of people and and uh and i'm reading this letter behind glass that bon scott has written to his aunt that was like uh, having a great time out on the road, doing a lot of coke, having a lot of sex. You'd love it out here. Like, <laughs> the way the letter <laughs> to his aunt. He stra- wrote it like that? Yeah, it was like, you know, getting fucked up, you know, uh, doing a bunch of coke and it's fucking great, you know. It's not some groupies. According that, to doctors. It's a group, like, talking about groupies and saying, you'd, you'd fucking love it out here. You know, writing to his aunt, I was like, this is amazing. This is the best yeah. thing I've ever heard. And, and I'm reading this and I... And all of a sudden, on the sort of television screen, uh, 
that I'm sure was on a loop every 15 minutes and starts to go, and Thunderstruck starts, and everyone in there just slowly turned around and ends up by the TV, Yeah, all 15 of us that don't know each other, you know, yeah. and just... It's lot. It's them live playing. It's fucking incredible. You know, I watched the Let There Be Rock, the one from Paris. Yeah, the one oh. they made right before uh, yeah. Bond passed away, yeah. unfortunately. And it's just like the the sheer like force and power. Yeah. Of that band and the the space. And, yeah. And, the, and, and, and the, simplicity. the simplicity. Oh my god. Uh, well, and that you know the simplicity is actually hard to do to go. Bam, bam. Brown, brown, to, yeah. to just and to be committed to really sticking it, even you know Phil Rudd not playing too much, just yeah. going ooh ah ooh ah. It's hard to just go boom 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 and have a real groove and have eighty thousand people go nuts. Yeah, uh, well, and 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 even Bon Scott could sing about rock and roll, which is a hard thing to do too and take yeah. seriously. You know, you, also, like, you know what it was about him? You just believed what he was saying. Because it was because it was one hundred percent real. If you if you ever read lock the letter, lock up your daughter, yeah. lock up your wife, <laughs> lock up your wife. Yeah, bon, yeah. bon Scott's coming to town, man. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to give it a yeah. go. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I'm just saying, think about it. You know, put it on the scale. Yeah. Run but, for your life. Run for your life. You know, and and the man is and, back in town. I mean, it's just like anybody else is like, fuck you, you pussy. Yeah. Him, he's just he, like, oh shit, Bond's coming. And and there and there he is. Is about that about that tall but it's still it's like you believe it because it's authentic and when i read that letter that he that he wrote to his yeah. aunt it was like you goddamn right you better lock that shit up yeah you know it's, it's it's for real you know my buddy jesse hughes he sings an eagle's death metal he sings about rock and roll and he he means it too 100 percent, he does like 100 percent. he he owns like 15 capes do you know anyone else that has I saw him. I don't know anyone that has 15 capes except him. And he'll be like, which, how does this one, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, that's a, that one's great. <laughs> and then he'll come out and he'll be like, this one seems like the call. And I'm like, dude, just any one of them is great. Can we just talk about what we're supposed yeah, to which talk one, about? Which one fucking yeah, but he's like, he's like, no, but yeah, to actually, but think about it, which ones? And I'm like, the blue one, the blue one. <laughs> okay, can we get focused on the task and it but i love that if we feel like the odd couple like crammed it in art it's like there's a uh i saw him i in love the, that in the basement of that uh i always want to call it a knights of columbus because i'm from back east but it's it's for the for the uh, military vets what do you call those places yeah the, the uh the, yeah it's, uh, the, the legion yeah the legion i saw him in the basement of that place yeah, yeah. and you would have thought he was in front of a hundred thousand people it was yeah. fucking and he loves the fans like he's he he'll go to their houses. <laughs> also, he has a, he's another guy with a badass motorcycle. I don't know if he still has that Indian man. Yeah, oh, uh, God, yeah. gorgeous he, bike. I think he I think he totaled it. I was, and oh, but yeah. made it out somehow alive. Right? It's just like, you know, you he's a he's a wild wipe, one. You ever see when people like wipe out and they just get thrown from the car? Like there's a, there's a amazing car chase of this guy in a Corvette. And he's trying to get between these two trucks, and it's filmed from overhead in the helicopter. And the thing literally spins, right? And just like disintegrates, and somehow he just sort of spits out the side, like standing up, like like on <laughs> and, a, and like it walks a, away, like, like in a fucking cartoon, and walks away. Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy. Well, that's mine. why they're like the drunk always lives, you know, and he's because he's totally driving. relaxed. Yeah, because he's just going with crash test dummy style, just yeah. going with it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is like ah, and snapping their neck, <laughs> clinching down tight. You know. Well, there was there was a comedian that um, 
This guy, Wally Collins, was the guy who got me. He goes, be careful about driving late at night because you, that was the thing. Like, you check out at 2 in the afternoon, do the gig, and then drive all the way to the airport and try to s drive overnight and save money on a Motel 6 or whatever, right? Right. So he told me, he goes, dude, one time he was, he was doing that, and he was driving back, and he goes, because <laughs> I was driving, and then I just woke up in a field. Yeah. He was literally in a field <laughs> of dreams. On, laying on his back. But I think he kind of. But was got, he drinking and driving? Or no. Was he, no, he just fell asleep. He was just fell asleep. And he just went with it. And I think, yeah, he was just totally relaxed. And whatever, the fucking horse whisperer, somebody just laid him in that fucking field. And he just woke up like, what the fuck? Like, am I dead? And uh, if I was you go with it, yeah. He told me that story like 25 years ago, and I never. Like when I was, I would be like, no, not throw. I'd be like, Wally Collins. Wally Collins yeah. woke up in a field. Yeah. Fuck this shit. And I would just, I would, you know, at very least pull into a parking lot. Well, you know, when we travel, we're with a big group of, it's a full gang and all these, all these people and tour buses. When you tour, did you ever do tours where you just drove alone? So you did. Do you drive alone? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Is it, is that, is that a bummer? Was that a, just, it seems like. I was so driving alone, off. doing like four, 20 dates by yourself and no one else. I was not only walled off, I was steering into it. Like one day I was like, oh, let me see if I can go this whole day without talking to anybody I've until done, I've I done talk that. to the person who gives me the microphone. I've done that. Yeah. So, but what I did was, and then it, it started fucking with me. So I started building it around going to sporting events. Mm. So I would just look to see what team was in town. Baseball was easy because they have so many games and they also play in the afternoon sometimes. To so. sort of just fill the time and just... Because I, I went out to, yeah. to Joshua Tree once and was like, I want to see how long I can go without speaking. It was like four days of just nodding and pointing and, you know, if you have to get something. And it started to feel just a little bit crazy it, after a while. Oh, it did feel crazy. I mean, at first it was kind of rewarding and, and it was just an interesting to not make any sounds and to not yeah. exchange, do anything or speak to anybody, you know, and, and just go. I'm not gonna lie to you, those were dark years for me. <laughs> yeah, that's- They were very, very, very- It seems lonely. Very dark years. Just like and then, doing comedy tour, driving yourself, not And my college alone. agent was, was big in the Midwest out to the, the Dakotas. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> the Dakotas. Like I remember going- Comedy in the Dakotas. I, you know, I've always said, like, dark. I never understood, like, how a band that sounded as angry as Slipknot could come from Iowa. Oh, I'm like, hey, sure. what are we talking? And then you go to Iowa in January Iowa. or February. Sure. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this is, you can go nuts out here. Oh, yeah. You can go fuck. Yeah. And if you live away from the Quad Cities. Yeah. Or <laughs> fucking. Oh, the oh, Quad Cities. Yeah, the Quad Cities. So I think two of them are in fucking Illinois. If you're not where the action is. Yeah. Especially back then. There's action there now. They got good coffee and stuff. Everything has just become everything. You know what I mean? Right. There's but the same then, stuff in the mall there that's over here. But but still, like when Louis you get Vuitton out in the sticks. Store there, you know? Yeah. But back in the day when I was like driving out to these fucking places like the colleges you know, uh, it was just like. But it's still, it's still, you know, there's still towns of 300 going on out there in Iowa. Where it's, How about you know, make a right on Rural Road H? Like they haven't even fucking, Rural. they haven't even fucking named it. <laughs> yeah, they've. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is this like a fucking reservation? Like, what, am I going to get. The rural Road. Yeah, what is going on here? So those were like. Uh, uh, Dark times. 
Yeah, and a lot of times the setup wasn't right. It's the same thing, like any 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 part of show business is just showing up. You probably were behind the chicken wire. I would show up and be like, we don't have a microphone. Is that going to be a problem? Like that type of shit. So. You know, there used to be a place called the uh, the Outhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, and it was Oof. just an empty house uh, right past the county line. So the police kind of they that was their jurisdiction. It was had no windows and no doors. And they just you'd set up and, and excuse me, you set up and 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 uh and you know people would come and they'd charge for shows and you'd set up your stuff in this basically in this empty house you know and the and the security were I mean we, I played there when I was like 18 years old the security was skinheads and they were all on acid and I'm taking a leak in this cornfield and and I hear gah, 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 and I just hit the deck I dive into my own urine you know with you know with joy I guess just to get out of the way and I turn around and these skinheads are shooting these AK-47s in the cornfield and they're like yeah that's the security they're on acid and it's like you know you just don't get those experiences these is, days is he, <laughs> oh my god were they seeing shit and they were just oh my god you're I have no idea but, but you know this is like sort of that punk rock underground you're playing these wild shows and that's some of the stuff that would happen and in a way it's well, not in a way. I loved all. It's not that I loved that particularly because that's not the greatest thing ever. Who but doesn't to, love a skinhead on acid. Well, but the, 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 the wildness. I but I compare it to sort of the sterilized versions of stuff that are today, where it's like it's eighteen dollars for a beer, and it's not that it needs to go to skinheads on acid. I'm just saying there's a. I miss kind of the wild subculture. Everything is so safe now. And maybe it's not the best example. I don't, but I don't, but I don't think that that's even true. What I think what it is is the corporations took all the mafia's scams, and but they do it. It's legalized, so it feels like, you know, like that's a mugging that just happened there, but it's legal, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you can just keep figuring out every like quarter how to make more and more money, and I think that like. Uh, I think it's an unbelievable, like, it, it, it's sort of sold as this homogenized sort of, yeah, man, Bed Bath & Beyond. But I feel like it's a really hostile time. Like, anytime you want customer service, it's fucking hostile. Yeah, you're right. Like, you bought no, this, fuck you. Well, they go, send you in a little maze. Go online, you figure it out. If you don't, there's nobody to talk to. There's no satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, type your question and you might as well just put a note in a bottle and throw it into the fucking ocean if somebody's even going to get back to you and um, yeah contact at yeah there's know, no better business email. bureau there's, there's nobody looking out for anybody so uh, yeah but so I guess depressing well I guess what I'm missing is the sort of the 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 outhouse in Lawrence Kansas was in Lawrence Kansas was people putting on shows because they were passionate about it. Right. And yeah, the the security at this on this one night were skinheads on acid. And sure that's not great. And it's but, a good name for an album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a band called Gay Bikers on Acid, actually. A, a punk rock that's band fantastic. from Texas. But uh, but at least it was put on by people that were passionate enough to put it all together. Right. And to, and uh it was it was theirs and they were bringing you out there because they really cared and um, I mean, it must have been an event, though. It's like fucking no, amazing. Nothing to go. Nothing it was amazing. To nothing there. to compare to that. To and right. to the and someone was doing that out of passion, and they've even this empty building and setting up the generator and doing all this stuff. And it's hard to match that sort of passion with like, you know, thirty dollar parking. 
$28 beer. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And like, can't go over here. Can't go, do you have that brisket? Like there's that versus the passion of. Uh, oh yeah, there's way more, way more. Yeah, there's control and that like, yeah, there was all like, there was, there was a whole, remember those, those guys in Boston, like they had this way of sneaking into Boston Garden and they just went to every game and to the point, they were so bold about it, they actually made a video of themselves doing it <laughs> that they showed on the news. They go, look, and there they go. And they, well, they are way up there on the catwalk. But, Nobody's like, they could love, fall. But, this is a liability. But I love that they were still, they were so passionate about, about sneaking. That's, I love that. They're yeah. so passionate about sneaking in. That's just part of their thing, you know? It's, I, just, like, I don't know why. Uh, they, they, yeah, I don't know. You probably just sound like a couple of old guys. But uh, when so when you go back on tour, you unbelievably relaxed for going out on tour on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, because you know things are. I'm I'm just enjoying myself. You know, I That's mean, good. honestly, I'm enjoying myself, and I, I you know, I feel like uh, um, I really don't have much to complain about. Right. And I'm looking forward to it. And and how many know, how many dates? How many date? Like how I mean, long it's you gonna gone? Be three years, honestly. Of three just, years, but like especially because you know. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go slow. I, I I tend to to overwork myself and mm -hmm. and really push hard. And let's go, I, you know I used to want to do five dates a week, and and you just lose crew. They're just like I'm not, you know, we're, I'm not setting up five shows a week. You know, right? Because um, uh, I like it when we're kind of sweaty and dirty and a little bloody, and it's, we're playing great together when we're like that. You know, mm -hmm. when you're kind of pushing through the adversity of that, you know? Um, but I think this time I'm just gonna go slow and and enjoy it. That's know? kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah. I think that's part of being like, you know, I'm 55, so now I just did four weekends in a row. Yeah, that's and great I, And I was saying to uh, my wife, I'm going, this is this is young kid shit, man. I can, I can, I can do every other weekend or right. whatever, but like I, um, yeah, just wanna like, I feel like to get here, you got to be like, ah, for yeah. fucking 30 straight years. Yeah. And then it's like, am I going to keep doing that? And you're supposed to, though, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you got to kind of like fucking. You finally get to some spot where you ask yourself, when I, I know I am supposed to stop doing that. And when is that supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, exactly. I, am, I am supposed to at some point enjoy. Right. And, and there's someone on the other end of this going, hey, two fucking old guys. And it's like, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, you're goddamn right. Yeah, and you don't want to see me <laughs> trying to act like I'm fucking young because that, that'll be. Well, that's just kind of gross. Awkward. That's just kind of. It's like, uh, what was Garth Brooks's alter ego for a second? Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines, where, where he's sort of like, like you don't want to see an old guy like try to be like Chris Gaines or something all of a sudden. I mean, that's you know what how, I, mean? I mean? That's how hard that guy was crushing it. That <laughs> he, he was just like in makeup. I, I'm gonna do this. That's not anything against Garth Brooks. It's just like some. Just I remember that album cover where it's like. I remember seeing uh, some crazy stat about albums sold in the top five fucking people, and he was in it. Like the yeah. level that that guy's on. He had you mean like, on the permanent top 100 list? Because yeah, they take off like, like the Doors and, and you know, Michael Jackson and Dark Side, Dark Side of the Moon, you know, uh, the Appetite for Destruction. I back in Black. Thriller, Back in Black, yeah. There's some that are just permanently there. They're just there, yeah. And he, and he had on the country charts. I, I swear to God, he, it was like, like the Tiny Beatles. Tim. He's not on there. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when are you when are you doing an LA gig? Because I want to see you guys. We're about to announce. We're about to announce a 
Oh. But we can't. I can't. Because so you I drive by the now Palladium. Now I can't say it. There's a strike. I keep, I keep driving by the Palladium, and I keep seeing your name up on the market. I go, oh, they're playing it. And they're promoting the album. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. What, like a billboard or some shit? No, it's on the marquee. Really? It's, my friend thought you were playing that. That's cool. what I thought. Yeah. Wow, look at that. I didn't know that. You know, I've been really just <laughs> kind of keeping my head down and just like, like. I think that's what been the theme of this podcast. Yeah, it's not paying Two attention. Former ragers, <laughs> right? Trying to fucking get into that Birkenstock life. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Yeah. By the way, by the way, I I tried some on today. Oh really? Birkenstock. I was just like, like a I, German I, tourist. I, I I can't do it. Did you black sock it too? No. You know what it is? Uh, you is know, I have ghost white feet. As as white as I am, like at least that this, this uh, is that your feet are actually whiter than whiter. It, like the original, blinding. the original white. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> out of the womb white that I was. Oh. I've never worn them. So they were there, and they weren't like Birkenstock. They were Birkenstock style. They were like these, these rubber ones. And okay, so, so wait, so no, was, that's like so. They were like Birkenstocks are are still better than Crocs, which are like. So you're talking about a Croc level? It wasn't a Croc. It was. They were actually rubber. Oh, I guess those are rubber. Yeah, you're so you're headed for. Do Crocs you know, though. I didn't. I didn't want Crocs. And my wife got me some because, like, because everybody, the kids had them. Everybody had, not everybody fucking has them. So I'm like, it's like, what are you, Mario Batali? Yes. <laughs> well, you work at the fucking ER. <laughs> <laughs> so I got these fucking things, and I and I was wearing them on the beach, and I went into the ocean, and they got wet. And then if you leave them out in the sun, they shrink. So then I only had them for like a fucking week, and I'm like, what am I doing with these things? It's, they're stupid. <laughs> it's a, that's they're just they're I just some things can't be done. We got to make a deal. Uh, we can't. No, I, I have I have a, these this pair of Adidas slip-ons. Yeah, those are fucking. Those are great. Those are fine, right? You yeah. Approve? That's why there's no reason to go to Croc level for anybody. To that's go what to Croc I kept level. saying. I you kept know, saying we have Adidas slip-ons. It's we're good. I have. Uh, yeah. I said yeah. I, I have a pair of slip-ons. Well, just in case. And look at that. There's a dragon on mine. I've got a dragon, and there's like also there's a flower there because you can yeah, put all these badges. Flare. <laughs> I had flare on mine. My wife because <laughs> my wife knew that I didn't want him. So, so she flared him up. She, she put some hockey sticks on him, and maybe to, like, oh, and maybe give him there a was chance. like maybe like there was just the, give it a chance. Yeah, maybe there was like the devil, <laughs> the devil horns. Just like, give it a chance. These Crocs rock, <laughs> just like you, Dad. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, I like that she was going the extra mile to try to sort of crock you into him. It's the yeah. only thing I've ever experienced worse than my man tits. <laughs> was my bedazzled Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> Croc bottom. Yes. Well, at Croc bottom. It's been an absolute pleasure to Always have you on the podcast. You, my friend. I'm so happy for yeah. you. I'm so happy where you are in your life with your band and on this tour. And uh, I will be looking at queensofthestoneage.net or org, whatever the fuck it is. .gov. .gov. <laughs> um, to, to find out when you're going to be out here because uh, yeah. I got to see. You know, John Theodore is my guy, man. Oh, yeah. He's a monster. He's a monster. Absolute yeah. monster. And awesome. I love his fucking playing on this. Oh, he, love his playing he's, on this. He, he's playing and live right now. He's playing it like he never has it's just very centered and natural and all over it i mean wait he's, he's got those he's, blood wigs that sound killer yeah that's amazing i can't he's wait to see it. all right Josh good to Hamby, see you, everybody check out the new album in, in times, times new roman new roman i almost yeah. said of roman all right thank you guys see ya thank you
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 24th, 2015. What's going on? How are you? How's it going? A lovely end of August for all of you. Don't fret. Don't fret with the global warming. We'll have summer weather until like October. Then we'll have epic fucking snowstorms. And then uh, then a swarm of mosquitoes signaling that we're going winter to summer, winter to summer. That's how it works now. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because that's the natural cycle. You know, throughout the history of the world, the earth has gone through cooling off and heating up periods. There's that argument. And then there's the other argument. We're using too many Q-tips. You flush them down the toilet. It is choking all the mackerel. You know? And we're causing it. Stop putting hairspray on your pubes. <laughs> right? Um, I have no idea why. All I know is it's towards the end of the summer. And this is when I get excited for football and baseball all at the same time. Because the games are starting to fucking matter. Um you know, it just sucks my team's like 12 and a half fucking games out, you know, 12 and a half games out. But before we get into any of that shit, let's talk about the uh, the number one controversy in the fucking country. Um, my weight loss. <laughs> now, as you know, as of July 5th, um, the Internet went crazy when they heard that I was quitting drinking. There was a backlash and... Um, Whatever. I quit drinking on July fifth, and uh, I've been trying. I was I was about a buck eighty seven, a buck eighty eight, and I was going to get down to. I was going to lose three pounds a week over the next uh, whatever the fuck that is, whatever that comes out to, like eight weeks or so. And I was going to get down to one sixty two, and I was going to have a flat stomach, and I was going to have abs, and people were going to love me. Right. So what happened? The first two weeks, I went great. 186 down to 183, 183 down to 180, right on schedule. Then I went to fucking Montreal and I got my ass kicked. I did, you know, I went on the road. Uh, I didn't lose any weight, but I didn't get any weight. Stayed at a buck 80, so I was two and one. Week three, down to a buck uh, 77. Week four, down to a buck 74. Week five, down to 171. Now this week, all right, so I'm five and one. Five and one. Old Billy Fat Tits turning the bus around, driving away from the bakery and over to the salad bar. Um, so this week I needed to be 168.0 to be six and one and have a commanding lead in the AFC East of Pasty Tits, right? And this week, I weighed in at 168.8. Oh, big time loss. Oh, 6-1 would have looked so good on the calendar. Now I'm 5-2. and two. I did great up until last night. And um, my wife had somebody, uh, you know, in town that we both knew. You know, they're going to do business or whatever. And I knew this person, sort of business and friends. So we went out uh Went down to the Rainbow Room um, on Sunset, and I had two old duels. I mean, that those have to be of all the empty calories out there; those have to be the emptiest of them all. 
And uh, then I had two slices of pizza. I did that around 10, 11 o'clock. And at my age, that's enough to fuck you over. And um, so whatever. So next week, I got to be down to 165. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that. That's almost four pounds. Probably not going to happen. I might have to adjust my goal to 166. In fact, I think I'm going to. We'll just say 166 because that'll be 2.8 pounds, right? So rather than me getting discouraged... By not making 165, I'll be psyched to be 166. And I know what you're thinking. Like, Jesus Christ, Bill, that's like when they give every fucking dumb kid a, a goddamn trophy because he, he, he ran down the street with his fucking shorts on, right? Whatever the hell they do in gym class now. Everybody clap your hands. Whoever claps their hands gets a fucking trophy. I, I'm not doing that that way, all right? I'm taking the loss. I'm five and two. But you got to have realistic goals here. If I don't hit them, then I go, oh, fuck it, and I go back to boozing. Ah! And uh, another thing, too, not drinking and fucking working out makes Billy a tired boy. Drinking, I could stay up all night running my fucking yap. So anyways, 168.8. Um, and I'm glad that I'm talking about this on the podcast because right now I think I look great. All right? I fucking, you know, wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and I go, God damn, that is one good-looking son of a bitch! Right? I like the way I look right now. It's been a while. So uh, the temptation is to stop. Do, boo, do, boo, boo, boo. Um, do they sing that song? Sunshine on a cloudy day? Start hearing that song. Well, I'll get some chocolate cake. Right? You just start eating like a fucking moron. Do a little bingo bango, as Joe DeRosa says. Bingo bango, which is a beer and a shot. Um, I believe Joe, one of Joe DeRosa's friends back home coined that phrase, bingo, bango. And, uh, there's a few people doing that last night at the rainbow room. And I was like, God damn it. That looks, that looks enjoyable. As I look across this sticky table, eating a surprisingly good pizza, surprisingly good slice of pizza for Los Angeles, California at the rainbow room. Um, seeing somebody do a little bingo, bango was like, oh man. In fact, the last time I did that, I think was at the rainbow room. I don't go there often, but when I do, uh, you know, beer and a shot, you got to do it. Why else would you go there to look at the Nelson memorabilia? I don't think I do. Um, is that his base up on the wall? Who knows? All right. Anyways, uh, so 168, that's all right. So next week I'm going to go for 166 and then, uh, then the following week, I'll be what? Let's see, that'd be 163. I'll be a pound short, so I'll have to go an extra couple of days. And that's what I get. That's what I get for drinking a couple of O'Doul's, which I got to tell you, for non-alcohol, it's not that bad. It's not good. You know what I mean? The emptiest of all empty calories. What a fucking moron, right? So anyways, I... um. Hey, by the way, my phone is acting up here. I got the fucking iPhone 6. So I'm supposed to be with all the cool kids here with all the brand new shit. And for some reason, this thing, yeah. I just lost all my fucking text messages. But it's saying I have three. And then it keeps telling me to sign into iCloud, which I don't want to do. And I keep hitting cancel and then it keeps popping up again. If anybody knows how to make that go away... Make the world go away. Um, make that fucking thing go away. I, I would uh, I would really appreciate it. Messages. What did I do here? How come I'm not getting my messages? 
So you know what you want to do is uh, click on the settings, uh, the settings fucking thingamajiggy there. I have no idea what's going on here. I have the iPhone 6. What happened? Did I sweat on it? Huh? Did I drop it in a fish tank? They always say that to you. Huh? Did you drop it? Oh, yeah. I just fucking spiked it on the ground, pal. That's, you're not, you're not, are you not supposed to do that with the phones? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. So anyways, um, let's see. What do I weigh? I weigh 168.8. Uh, so I'm going for 166. In the back of my head, I'm still going for 165. Uh, and also I'm going to ride this bike that I just got fucking redone, fixed up or whatever, uh, a couple times this week, just cause every time I look at it, I hear Verzi's voice now going, dude, you're never going to, you're never going to ride it. That is the biggest fucking waste of money. And you know what? Every time I think he's right, I picture Paul Verzi on a bicycle and I just start dying laughing. And I realize he, he, he doesn't ride a bike. Paul Verzi never rode a bike. You know what I mean? He likes four-door sedans. Anybody who likes a four-door sedan does not like a bicycle. You know, the, the, what the kind of motor trans? He's the kind of guy that if he bought a motorcycle, he'd get, what, get a fucking three-wheeler, right? <laughs> Am I an asshole here? I still realize you're exposed when you ride those things, but I think the only people who should ride those are really old bikers who spent four to five decades riding on two wheels, then they're just too old, you know, too brittle to get back out there on their old horse, So, but they still love riding. So you get them the fucking trike, you know? You get them the three-wheeler, right? Seeing these fucking... Every time I see a fucking young punk on one of those things, they're always looking over their shoulder and somebody in like a fucking German four-door sports car, not sports car, a four-door... Uh, sedan is always chasing them. It's happened to me three times out here. I see some kid in one, and he comes roaring up to the red light, and he's frantically looking over his shoulder, and then some kid in, like, a white BMW is chasing him. It's like fucking Grand Theft Auto. Actually, I only saw it one time, but recently I saw another kid pull up to a red red light in a three-wheeler, and he fucking looked over his shoulder. So within my head, not only was it happening again, I added another one. Almost like bankers when you deposit a hundred bucks and then they loan out that hundred bucks like fucking ninety different to ninety different people and just counterfeit eight hundred bucks out of the fucking air, right? Um anyways, this is the Monday morning podcast um for this week and uh I gotta uh I gotta make sure I fucking eat eat well this fucking week. I gotta do this. I I gotta see this thing through. I gotta get down to a buck sixty two. Um other than that, my fucking summer's getting about ready to get fucking great with football coming around. I can't fucking believe it's almost here. You know, I am so jonesing for sports right now that I actually taped. Um, if you wonder about my weird breathing, I had a fucking burrito today. I'm just I'm going off the rails, but I'm, I'm talking about it out loud here so I don't fuck up. You know what happens? First day you look in the mirror, you're like, dude, I look good. I look fine. Right. And that part of your brain goes, hey, let's go to McDonald's. You know what? I think I will. Um. But I actually watched Serena Williams in the semifinals of that uh, Cincinnati tournament, and I didn't see it today. I kind of got into all these obscure tournaments. I only used to watch, like, the finals of the majors, but right now I'm reading Andre Agassi's book, uh, Open, which I highly fucking recommend, especially for somebody who's trying to accomplish something or if you fucking hate tennis. Um, The way he describes what you go through mentally God, I can't stop yawning. (laughs) 
what you go through mentally when trying to win a tournament or just trying to get better or not get psyched out because you're the new kid and you're playing against John McEnroe or some fucking legend. Um, it's an incredible book. So I, I started, and what has fascinated me more than the majors has been all these what I consider jerk-off tor- tournaments that I never paid attention to. Indian Wells, Cincinnati, you know, the clay season. I, I only thought there was just the French Open and that's it. And he was like saying that there's the clay season, the grass season. They got all these other fucking obscure tournaments. And you know what I love most about them? Plenty of fucking seats. Jesus Christ, you could have just walked into Cincinnati and sat down and watched uh, whoever the fuck you wanted. Tremendous. So I watched Serena win, and today she won the whole thing, and Roger Federer also won, and I guess he's looking young. You know, looks like he's rewinding the clock there, and uh, the U.S. Open's around the corner. Am I making you guys yawn? I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know what's going on here. Um, you know what it is, is? I ate a bunch of shit food. My body's reacting to it right now. It's fucking just shutting everything down. You know, like when you close all the extra apps because it's sucking off your fucking battery there. You know what I mean? I think that's what my brain's doing right now. All right, let's shut it down and deal with this fucked up thing you just put in our stomach. This is the priority. Everything else, like consciousness, doesn't fucking matter anymore. So anyways, um, I'm actually psyched to watch, uh, to watch the U.S. Open. And actually to watch tennis on a level that I never watched it before, which is basically uh, to pay attention to is uh, they does the person keep hitting to the other person's forehand, to their backhand? They hit it right at them. Where do they put it in the box when they fucking serve it? You know, does the person cheat in? I used to watch that, though. If they cheated in, you know, if they're standing a few feet behind the baseline and then on the second serve, are they inside the baseline and that type of shit? You know, I never used to pay attention to that shit, but it actually makes tennis way more enjoyable to watch and uh, so whatever, you know, I'm not a big reader, but I'm actually enjoying the uh, Andre Agassi book there. So uh, anyways, uh, Jesus, 14 fucking minutes. I just babbling, babbling. So anyways, did anybody watch? I was on Conan this week. I want to thank everybody over there. Once again, had a fucking awesome time. How great is Conan, man? The guy just rolls with it every time you get out there. And as you noticed, I was hyping uh, the Madison Square Garden show, which is... Uh, Obviously a big deal for me. And, um, oh, wait a minute. I already talked about, did I kind of talk about this? Well, I said who was going to be on it. Um, and whatnot, whatever. That's fun though. That shit is always fun doing fucking panel. It's a lot easier than coming out there and doing fucking stand up. You know what I mean? We just have to go out there and host the show. Going out and doing panels easy. You just sit down. If you get someone cool like Conan, he just fucking sets you up, just tees you up the whole time. You know, and then if you're on a nice run, he lets you go. And then if you fucking fall on your face, he, uh, he jumps in, he saves you. Right? Him and Andy. Um, so once again, thanks to everybody over there. I had a fucking awesome time, as always. And uh, all right. Oh, let's get to the big fucking thing of this week that affected my life. The big controversy, the big blowback in this comedy climate that we live in. Which obviously what I'm talking about, and I've kind of been dancing around it for the first 14 minutes because uh, I've been debating about whether or not to talk about this and just throw more gas on the fire or just let it burn itself out. Of course, what I am talking about is ESPN 
retracting their statements and apologizing to the New England Patriots at 1220 in the fucking morning. Can you fu- <laughs> can you fucking believe that? Is ESPN not the biggest bunch of fucking pussies ever? First of all, they re-reported a story that was retracted in 2007. And it's that classic one that, oh, some guy heard a rumor that somebody said that the Patriots filmed the Rams walkthrough before the Super Bowl. That story came from the Boston Herald. It was retracted in like fucking 2007, according to the three seconds of fucking research that I did before I did this podcast. ESPN, I evidently recently repeated it. I never watch ESPN anymore. Um, um, they Somebody tweeted it to me. That's how I actually know about this shit. Um, so I guess they they brought it up again as if it hadn't been retracted and proven false. So then they had egg on their face. And rather than apologizing during the time of day when they fucking first reported it, they did it quickly at 1220 in the fucking morning. What a bunch of babies, you know? So there you go, everybody. All you Patriot haters. Have you noticed all the, all the paint peeling off your fucking arguments? How about this? How about this? We're the best fucking football team in the NFL for the last 15 years. And we got the trophies and the rings to prove it. All right. Other than that. You can get on your knees and suck a giant fucking dick with your bullshit fucking arguments. All of it from Spygate right to Deflategate to film and practices. All of it is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Spygate might be the worst one ever if you ever do any research on it and Google some of the best coaches in the league talking about filming other fucking teams. Putting binoculars on them. A a veritable who's who of Hall of Fame coaches talking about doing it. So... Fuck all you guys, and I can't hear you. I can't hear you anymore because I know you're just going to have to retract it soon enough. But by all means, keep giving Seattle, you know, where their own owner fucks over his own fan base with the alleged large beer and small beer, building a stadium that makes his team sound louder than they actually are, and old squeaky clean fucking Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah, there's a fucking altar boy for you. I'm sure nothing. You know, what? he got busted for doing something. A little gamesmanship last year, having people reporting to practice before they should have to try to get some extra advantage. That's all right. That's just because he's so dedicated. They're not cheating out there. No, I'm the Raiders, the Cowboys. There's a couple of squeaky clean fucking franchise. Give me a fucking break. Fuck all you guys. Fuck all you. Fuck you in your ear. Fuck all you. All right? We are the champions again. I love it. I love it. ESPN with their tail between their fucking legs. 12, 12.20 in the fucking morning. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the, all that stuff we said about the pages was bullshit. Anyway, shameless ESPN who fanned the flames of that fucking deflate gate after they fucking, after they did a study and proved that it was a disadvantage and then they tried to quickly take it down. Oh, you fucking whores. Uh, Go fuck yourselves. All right. Let's do a little advertising here for this week. All right. What do we got here? What do we, um, speaking of fucking MeUndies, I went and visited a friend of mine today down on Manhattan Beach. And uh, I have a number of friends that have recently moved out there. And they keep telling me, oh, dude, you got to fucking move out here. It's awesome. You know, you can walk around. Everything's fucking cool. First time I go down there, there's this crazy homeless guy, right? 
who would just be walking around muttering. And then out of nowhere, he'd just fucking yell so loud and like throw this crazy punch. And every time it scared the fuck out of me and I knew it was coming. He'd be just walking. No, he just kept going. And he'd just fucking throw this punch. And every time it made me give me like a little fucking heart attack. Like what's his face in Biloxi Blues. And um, so I'm thinking, all right, it's nighttime. You know, the beach is just like, you know, it just tre- it just attracts so many fucking losers, you know, because their whole deal is like, even if I fuck up, I can still survive and live outside, curl up in the warm sand. You know what I mean? So anyways, um, I'm walking down there today with my buddy. It's during the day and it's more like family time. And I'm walking down the fucking street, right? And there's like these two fucking girls. I don't know how old they were, but they didn't have any curves yet. And they're wearing these bikinis and they got like three quarters of their ass that they don't even have yet hanging out of the back of it. And I'm looking at my buddy and I'm going like, dude, why are those little girls like they were like fucking 12 walking with their asses? What, what is what the fuck is wrong with parents today? I want to walk up to their parents and just be like, that's OK with you. Do you ever watch to catch a predator? What the fuck are you doing? Can you put your kids' asses away, please? Fucking worst parent. They literally should. They, somebody should just come up and just. I don't know what. What do you fucking just dump a bucket of ice water over their parents' head and just scream, wake up? You know? People, if you have young children, can you cover them up? Jesus Christ. That, that was so creepy. It should have been in one of those fucking. Uh, Who's a guy who does it? used to be uh, Calvin Klein had the creepy fucking prepubescent fucking kids like locked in the cellar. Remember those fucking commercials? And it was like the guy off camera just being like, so what do you like to do for fun? Oh, yeah. Those jeans are kind of falling off your hips, aren't they? <laughs> That's fucking awful. That awful commercial. My favorite one ever. Jim, the taxi driver. That Donnell Logue did. You ever see when he did? I can't find it, but he did a parody of that. And he was sitting there with like his, his pants half pulled down, answering the questions of some creepy guy off. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. But the, the latest American Apparel. You know that creepy fucking feeling you get if you're any sort of a human being when you look at an American Apparel ad? You know, I actually tweeted about it one time. You're pulling up to it and, you know, old man. You're fucking pulling up with your bad eyes going, Jesus, look at the ass on that ass. He's only 12, right? That's the same thing. That's the same fucking feeling today. It's like, what the, why? Who's the fucking creep that makes a bathing suit for a little girl like that? You know, I don't know. Whoever it is, he, he go, he call, he goes by uncle. That's always a fucking, that's always a dead giveaway. When somebody's in their 40s, they're not married, right? And they're still hanging out with people half their age. And, he, and they go, oh, just call me fucking uncle whatever. That's when you immediately have to leave. And, and if there's any drink in the room, don't drink it, right? My fucking nuts. That's, that's just what I believe. Parents, I mean, I, who am I? I don't have any fucking kids. I shouldn't say that. But for the love of God, you know, if, if your kid's like, you know, if you add your kid's age, <laughs> it's like under five, you know, 
One plus two, three. You know what I'm saying? That probably the math. And I shouldn't use a math equation. I'm too fucking dumb for that. I'm just saying. You know what the fuck I'm saying. And then it makes you feel like a fucking creep. It's like, would you get that out of here, please? Horrific. Horrific parenting. Um, all right. Let's, let's plow ahead here. The fuck else was I going to talk about? I think that's, that's it. Is that all I have to? I, I apologize lately. These fucking podcasts, I have absolutely nothing to talk about because I've just been in a fucking edit room. Um, oh, I can't tell you this. Uh, the drum lessons have been going fucking great. Trying to get that molar method thing down finally after all these goddamn years. Let's see if I can actually uh, sign in at iCloud. Sign in at the fucking iCloud. What the fuck is this thing? Now I can't even look at my photos? Ah, oh, Jesus. Does anybody know what's, what's, what is better than the iPhone? Or what's comparable to it? So anyways, right now I'm going through that book, The Art of Bop Drumming by John Riley. And I'm just fucking with two, two lines on one page, and it's blowing my mind all the different ways you can play it. So uh, I'm going to have fun for the rest of the year here. Anyways, you know, who's kidding me? Why don't I just fucking get to the goddamn questions? I'll fucking go from there. Um, somebody sent me this thing, teens react to encyclopedias, you know, because they all grew up on computers and shit, and they're looking at them like, what the fuck are these? And uh, I really wanted to laugh at them that they didn't understand or thought encyclopedias were stupid, but they... Uh, it, uh, 20 seconds into it, is, I was just like, this is what I sound like when I'm trying to use an iPhone or any sort of computer. So I can't make fun of them, right? That wouldn't be fair. And to be honest with you, I understood encyclopedias and I sucked at those too. That was a big deal though. If you were any sort of a fucking nerd man and you got encyclopedias, then they came out with more specific ones, like ones that were just dedicated to sports. I would fucking read those all goddamn day. All goddamn day. And, they, and like... You know, my parents and everybody would get, get mad. Like, what are you going to get out of that fuck? What are you going to get out of that? It's like, I don't know. Maybe someday there'll be a 24-hour sports network that I could get a job and make millions of dollars a year and say things that aren't true and then retract it at 1 in the morning. Support a coke habit and get some whores. I mean, who knows? There's all kinds of shit that could happen here. Um. But watching that just took me back to those days of having to do fucking book reports and all of that. Oh, my God. Book report. And always just waiting to do it. There was always that fucking kid that just had the fucking ability to just go home, read the book, and get it done. And just get on with their life. And I would just sit there staring at the book, walking by it every day like it was like, uh, I don't know, Medusa's head. Like I was going to turn to stone if I fucking looked at the thing. I really wish I, you know, if I could go back and do my life over again, there's just so much shit that I just would have faced immediately and just gotten it over with from fucking ass kickings to book reports to uh, the molar method, playing drums, just sitting down and dedicating fucking three months of my life to get a little bit of muscle memory. So then it slides in eventually to my playing and just say, okay, the next three months are going to fucking suck. With it's going to be slow increments of growth. And when I come out the other side, I'm going to be really excited. I just wish I had that when I was a kid. And um, it's something that I've slowly developed as I've gotten older. Um, especially once you get out of school and you actually get to start choosing things that you want to do as opposed to having to do. Um, you know, get my helicopter license and shit like that. Um, 
you know, back in the day, that would have just ate me up. I would have saw all those assignments and been like, I have to remember shit. Fuck this, man. And I would just try to make people laugh in the fucking class. And then that would be it. Next thing you know, I was in summer school with a pouty look on my face. Like I wasn't there because of me. Like somehow I had been fucking wrong. So anyways, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here. But if you can develop that, you know, on any fucking level, it makes your day so much less stressful. You ever just make a list of shit you have to get done and you wake up and you just do it. And then you look and it's like fucking 1130 in the morning. You got the whole rest of your day. You know, that's a great way to spend your day. And it's also a great way to actually develop a drinking problem because then you got the whole fucking day. You got no responsibility. Might as well get shit faced, right? Speaking of boozing. Oh, do I miss it? Um, I do and I don't. I miss it at night. I don't miss it during the, uh, in the morning hours or when I step on the scale. I don't miss it. But I have to tell you this. Um, and you can call me a snob. Um, my wife is totally into that American greed. And uh, one of the things that I find these guys constantly spending money on, we're just blowing money on, is doing like $1,000 shots of cognac. Cognac, however the fuck you say it. And um, me and Jason Lawhead did $100 shots one time. One time we said, fuck it. We both did a show. You know, I had sold some posters. He sold some fucking CDs. And we had some merch money. And we were just like, fuck it. Let's just take the merch money. Let's blow it on one shot. Let's fucking taste this shit. And it was unbelievable. And, um, you know, unlike whiskeys that seem to only go up to about, I don't know, 20, 25 years like bourbons. Like those cognacs can go, I mean, as far as I know, I, I saw some on the internet because I was looking them up that went back hundreds of years. Is that true? I know wine can go back like that, but uh, I was wondering, anybody out there currently embezzling money from a company and can recommend, you know, obviously I'm not going to do a $1,000 shot, <laughs> but can you recommend some... Uh, you know, dipping my toe in the water for when I come off the sink. Because as you're hearing this, I'm 50 days in to my 72-day uh, stay of uh, no fucking alcohol. I'm already 50 days in, huh? Look how quick it goes. <laughs> um, so when I come out of it, man, I would really love to... Uh, I would really love to um, try something like that. Because with that shit, you, you're just sitting there like... I remember when they poured the shot, I was almost afraid I was going to spill it. I forget how old. It was like 60 years old. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, I forget how old I was at the time. I was like, this this is like 15 years older than me. Like this thing was put into the barrel, whatever they do, when like Harry Truman was still in the, like he was just, well, I can't, no, wait. Was Truman, early, was Truman in early 50s, I think? Yeah, the early 50s. I think Truman was in office, right? Um, well, let's see. He finished World War II, dropped the bomb. That was like 46, 19... Ah, Jesus Christ, Bill. The fucking internet's right in front of you. Can you stop torturing the goddamn listeners? Who the fuck was president in 1952? I'm going with Truman. I thought it went FDR, Truman, and then Eisenhower. Um, U.S. President 1952, and 
It is Harry S. Truman. Go fuck yourself. Bam. That guy looks like somebody I wouldn't fuck with, man. There's just something about those round rim glasses. You know what he looks like? He looks like the actor that played the warden in the fucking Shawshank Redemption. Doesn't he? I wonder if he called up Japan after he dropped the second one. Do you like that second one or am I being obtuse? Um, anyways. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? What am I talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the cognac. Um, I was almost afraid to fucking spill it. And then also you didn't want to drink it really fast. You wanted to like savor it. So I'm thinking when I go back to boozing, so I'm not bingo bang, bango in the whole fucking time. I'm actually just sipping it nice and slow, like nice and slow. See, that's the way to do it. Nice and slow. Um, Fred Flintstone. Um, for those of you who are my age and that you were like, where the fuck is that from? Where the fuck is that from? I don't want to torture you. That was the, from the Fred Flintstone episode when Fred got mugged. And the guy was telling him to reach in to grab his Stegosaurus wallet, right? And he was going nice and slow, see? That's the way to do it. Nice and slow. Remember the guns? Like the barrel was made out of a, like a hollowed out tree branch. And then you just, with, the, I don't know, the tendon of a bird, you stretch back to fucking rock. I guess that would kill you back then. I had no idea. Did you know that cavemen had pistols? I love the fucking caveman diet, by the way. Everybody's a caveman diet. This is what cavemen ate. Yeah, yeah, they probably ate worms and they ate ants. They probably ate anything that they could fucking get their goddamn hands on. Their dirty, filthy hands. And then they died of some intestinal virus when they were like 15. You know, I love the caveman diet. Like, who the fuck knows what they ate? Did they draw a picture of it on the inside of a cave? How the fuck do you know what that is? They should call that our guess of the caveman diet. All right. Well, let's see. We know Fritos weren't around back then. Cross those off the list. Like, do you honestly think that there was like, like, where the fuck was cantaloupe? Where was an avocado? Where the fuck was any of that shit? You're just walking around trying not to get eaten. You grab a stick, you stab something. I would think that you're eating fucking roadkill. You're hunting shit, and then you're just eating stuff. You're you're slamming your face in a stream, right? Trying to be upriver of somebody else who's down there with his fucking prehistoric goddamn balls and taint in the fucking water. I don't know. Who knows what the fuck they ate? I'm so sick of people telling me about the goddamn caveman diet. It's a caveman diet. I have an egg over easy. Um... All right, let's get on with the uh, let's get on with the questions here for this week, uh, lady fan, lady. Hey, ladies, hey there, Bill. I'm a lady fan, and I'm exciting, excited. What? And am seeing you for the first time in Chicago in October. So excited! See what my brain does? It's it's reading one sentence while it's looking at words in the next line below. I don't know what my fucking problem is here. My husband has been acting weird about us coming to see your show. I think it's because a few weeks ago we were watching one of your specials and I said you were my celebrity crush. Oh, Jesus. My husband chose Scarlett Johansson. Nice fucking choice. I like this guy. Of course, I would never cheat on my husband, but I'm afraid if I enjoy your show too much, he's going to give me a side eye look or bring it up later. Can you please put his mind at ease? Um, 
why do I have to put his mind at ease? Why don't you quit picking people that are attainable? <laughs> he went Scarlett Johansson. There's no way, there's no way he's going to get anywhere near her. You pick some fucking dope that tells dick jokes in a strip mall. No wonder he's looking at you fucked up. How dare you make a fucking mess and then tell me to mop it up? What is in it for me? Um, yeah, what are we talking about? You know, I'm not, I don't put him at ease. What are you going to do? Run up on the stage? I'm going to do the show and then I'm, and I'll, be out the, I'll be out the fucking door because I'm drinking again. Oh, baby, I'm drinking again. Right? I don't know. You shouldn't have said that. Like, look, if my wife, if I asked her, what is her celebrity crush? And she says, Brad Pitt. She says, fucking Denzel. I don't give a fuck. She might as well be picking a man on the moon. Right? But if she named like a fucking comedian that performs at the comedy store like I do, yeah, I would be like, well, what the fuck? You could, you could bang that person while I was on stage the next time I'm at the store. Yeah. So that's on you, sweetheart. What you should say is, I did, oh, did I say Bill Burr? I meant Raymond Burr. Yes, the dead fat guy. Yeah, that guy. That's, that's what I'm so. Why was I saying? Why was I saying? Or Billy Bush. That's what I meant. Hi, I'm Billy Bush. Um, all right. She closed the thing with, uh, you know, I just want to have a good time at your show without worrying about him being weird. You created the weirdness. Um, all right. Okay. Being a landlord from a lady. This is two, two letters from a lady. This is a fucking, uh, this is a, a record here. Dear Billy Buttercheeks, uh, you've been talking about becoming a landlord lately, so I thought I'd write to you about what it's like to be one. Please don't step on my dream. Okay. Uh, before I even read this, I know that if it's as big a nightmare as everybody claims it would be, no one would be a fucking landlord. All right? All right. First, know that your property will be destroyed. You need to prepare yourself to watch it get trashed over and over again because your tenants, either by negligence, by ignorance, parentheses, not letting you know when something's wrong until it's very, very wrong, or in spite when they vacate, the feeling of seeing your property ruined over and over again sucks and it's expensive. Second, someday you will have to evict somebody. That sounds easy, but it's not, especially for anybody with a heart. And I know you have a big heart. You can't hide from me. I'm from Ohio. Uh, the first time someone bursts into tears upon being served an eviction notice and spins their sob story, well, you might not believe them. You might go ahead and evict them. But you will forever wonder if you did the right thing. And if it's an elderly person or a disabled veteran, forget it. How can you do that? You can't. Um, yeah, there's no way I could do that. Uh, I own properties in Seattle and Portland. And with all the Californians fleeing the drought, they were only, they were only, uh, wait, 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 wait. They were only going to appreciate and value. But climate change refugees are going to be desperate people, and I didn't want to take advantage of their plight. I didn't want to become that person. Someone will, no doubt, but it won't be me. I don't have the heart. So think about it twice. Sure, it seems like easy money, and sociopaths will tell you it's no sweat with a good lawyer, but you have to be very detached emotionally. I wasn't capable of that, so I sold out. There are so many other ways to invest your money. 
Just my two cents. I'm a lady, so feel free to toss in this to toss this in the trash. Come on. Go fuck yourself. Uh all right. Um All right. Well, it seems like you didn't have the heart, so you got out of it. Uh, yeah, that would hurt me if people fucked it up. Um, whenever I fucked up, I had a dog. I have a dog, and she fucked it all up. And before I left, I got everything fixed, and they were su- really surprised. Because um, when I went to move out, they were like, going, yeah, uh, but before you move out, we need to inspect that damage. Because somebody came over and fixed the sink, saw all the, the damage, like the wood moldings and that type of shit in one of the windows. Uh, from my dog with its separating separation anxiety tore it all up but i had it all fixed before i left out of respect and then also knowing that landlords will go down to home depot and spend 20 bucks and then charge me my entire fucking deposit so uh i eliminated that from the equation um i'm still going to become a landlord i think it's a great fucking investment and i do have the heart to uh give people a break and i also think i know when someone's bullshitting me um yeah you know what i mean pay your fucking rent or beat it you got to get in that mindset you know what i think it is i think people who really are landlords and don't give a fuck and look at shit is bricks and bricks and mortar and are black and white probably do the best in that business and uh so i think you got to do that you know what i mean you got to watch the movie heat and listen to de niro talk about how you got to be willing to walk away at any second you know you got to be willing to evict somebody and just fucking walk away all right, Bill. Okay, thank you for doing the podcast. Easy for people to take that. Da, 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 da. You could be a little more reliable uploading Thursdays, though. <laughs> what a cunt. Um, all right, here we go. I actually fucked up that guy's joke. He was trying to act like he was going to be cool here. Thank you for doing the podcast. Easy for people to take for granted slash bust your balls on Twitter. But know that they are appreciated. Uh, the podcasts are appreciated. Uh, you could be a little more reliable uploading Thursdays, though. Still being a cunt. All right. I've been steadily losing my hair for the last couple of years. It's getting to the point where I'm thinking each haircut might be the last before I start buzzing it all. Kind of crossing my fingers that there's still a comprehensive head of hair when the barber spins the chair around. I've come as close as I can to making peace with a life of baldness. Not thrilled about being here at 30. And women slash guys with with hair don't really get what a bummer it can be but what are you going to do my question how do i talk about this with my wife we have discussed it what we haven't discussed it whatsoever as she is able to sense my discomfort with the topic and has never tried to force the dialogue my wife and i have an honest relationship and have openly discussed topics much more awkward with actual real world ramifications all right so you've talked about having a threesome <laughs> Ah, shit. All right. It's also not like she can't see the hairlines going, but I've built up a whole awkward wall around the topic, and I'm not sure how to slice through it. Did you have any conversations with Nia prior to hacking off what was left of your hair? Any words of wisdom from the post-buzz world? Uh, Hoping to catch you at a future Steve Allen Theater slash Comedy Store gig. Best of luck at Madison Square Garden. Thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, it was actually Nia's idea because I kind of wanted to do it. And uh, she was like, you should do it. You should do it. I was like, oh, man. Because you know, the big thing is, what kind of head do I have? Because you don't want to have that flat fucking thing in the back. You know what I mean? Where the back of your head goes straight into your fucking neck. Um, so I started saying that I was going to do it. And she just kept fucking singing this song. 
Uh, Nia, I got to bring her in here. She kept saying, she goes, shave your head. Shave, shave your head. Come on now. Every time I would walk by. And then she just yelled, shave it. Just do it. Fucking shave it. Hold on a second. See if I can get her in here. Hey, Nia. Come here. I need you on the podcast. This guy, right? He's losing his hair. He's like 30 years old. All right. He's almost to the point where he's gonna he's gonna shave his head. And he was saying, "Cow, because I did it." You know what I mean? He doesn't, but he doesn't talk about it with his wife, and she knows that he's sensitive. So he's built like this awkward wall, but it's just <laughs> totally obvious. And they were saying, "Did you ever have a conversation with Nia?" about shaving my head and as far as i remember it was your idea right it was do you yeah. remember that song you used to sing no shave your head shave shave your head yeah <laughs> remember that <laughs> and i would laugh i forgot about that yeah. yeah and then i finally went ahead and did it i will tell you this when was the first time how long come ago? here come over here when was it that you did it for the first time how long ago Get on the mic here. Um, about nine years ago was the first time I did. And then when I did date night, mm-hmm. they asked me to grow it back. And I was That's like, right, and yeah. I was like, I was like going, well, there's not much to grow back. And they were like, yeah, we'll fill it in. We'll fill it in or whatever. So I was like, all right. And then I grew it back and then I kept it for a while. Cause I started thinking like, this is why I'm getting, uh, acting roles, which is the dumbest thing you can do. Right. It's not because of my skills. It's, it's because, because of my hair. Yeah. Yes, I'm balding, which was stupid. And um, I will tell—it's the greatest fucking thing. If you're bald, it's the greatest fucking thing you'll ever do. And I'm actually reading Andre Agassi's book where he was talking about. I didn't know he wore a fucking hairpiece. And one time he was in the shower before the the French Open final, and he was in the shower and his whole hairpiece came apart. So they had to fucking glue the thing back together. So he went out on the court and played this guy he could have beaten. The whole time he was worried that his fucking hairpiece was going to come flying off like a Three Stooges. (laughs) episode you know how fucking embarrassing that would have been that would have been terrible yeah so and then he, terrible. He, he talks about how uh i guess brooke shields finally convinced him to do it and he did it and then he felt great yeah i will tell you it's the, yeah, it's the greatest fu- it's the greatest thing ever the greatest fucking thing you could all these fucking guys going out and and like fucking slicing up the back of their heads or having this shit vacuumed out and then parrot trooped on top of their head like most of that shit it works for a minute. And, but then the thing is, is like those, they go, the hairs in the back of your head don't, um, those things never fall out. So if you put them on the top of your head, then you're okay. But the thing is, is you still have all that other hair up there that's going to fall out. So that shit falls out and then you need more fucking replacements. And then sometimes you can actually, it can like not work as far as I know. So I'm a big fucking, uh, I don't know. I'm a big just. I think it's a fucking way better move. I actually think it's the man move. You're fucking dealing with the the hand you've been dealt. You just do it. This is what I look like. People go, what the fuck for a few days. And then they think you look weird. When they see pictures of you with hair, they think you look weird. And then you're free. You're fucking free. So rather than going there to the barber every time and putting your head down as he cuts it and then open your eyes going, what does it look like now? Just fucking get it over with. Get it over with, dude. Shave your fucking head. What are you saying, Nene? Shave it. Yeah, shave it. It's fucking awesome. Then you love it. You know what's great? No matter how late you wake up for work, you can just throw on clothes and get there and no one will know you didn't take a shower because you don't have bed head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Nene. Bye.
All right. Hey, should oh, I'm not gonna talk. We're me and Nia are actually considering uh, doing a project together. Might write a book, but it's not the kind of book you think. It's not about us. Um, so is that dumb? Is that dumb to get in a business? Why? Why would it be? You know what I mean? Why not? You know, if I ever get divorced, she'll take me for half I got. So I might, she might as well fucking be helping me create. You know, she can tell she's not in the room anymore. All right, let's let's read. <laughs> Let's read the last of the advertising here. By the way, if you guys are going to go to a comedy club out here, you got to go down to the comedy store, man. They got a line around the block, and I think I know why. Listen to this fucking lineup I was on. I went on on the main room Friday night, and I walked in. Mark Marin was on stage, who then brought up David Spade, who then brought up Joe Rogan, and then I had to go on after all of those fucking monsters. Um. It's unbelievable, dude. The comedy store lately, it's, it's get your ass down there. Everybody's been fucking coming through and um, just insane, insane fucking shows down there. It's fun. You know, and Rogan has been working out like a maniac on, on his fucking act. He was destroying in front of me. You know, it's funny as, as a comic that's been doing it this long, you know, I always watch Rogan, but I was talking to somebody, but like subconsciously you're hearing the laughs. And at one point he was getting this level of laughter that I had to end the conversation and then start making a set list. I'm like, I just can't just walk on the stage after this fucking <laughs> mayhem that's going on out there. I actually, I need a game plan here. Um, which is another fucking great reason to go down there. You know what I mean? All those guys pushing you. Um, all right, let's get, let's read the last couple here. All right. Bullied at work. Hi, Billy Buff boy. Uh, I work in an office with several young females. So several young ladies. Um, sounds good, right? Wrong. I'm the only young male here. So what's wrong? They like to gang. He said gain G A I N gain up on me. It's gang G A N G gang up on me. And constantly put me down or make fun of me. It started out all fun and games, but some of them have recently become very aggressive and are almost verbally attacking me. What? What? I don't understand. What is the problem here? When I have brought it up to them, it just made it worse and made me more of a target. Yeah, dude. You never got bullied before? The last thing you say to a bully is, hey, what you're doing is really bothering me, just so you know. Um, what can I do to make this situation better without getting management involved? I don't want to get them fired or anything. I just want, I just don't want to be the female punching bag anymore. Thanks. Um, I don't understand what is going on here. What are they saying to you? If they're giving you shit, you got to give them shit back. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Defeating a fucking woman in a, in a verbal thing. You, you know where you have to go, but you, you can't go there because then they're going to rat you out to the boss. This is what you do. Just walk in, right? Just walk in with your eyes squinting one day. You know, looking like an idiot. Just walk in just and blinking a lot, just squinting. And walk right up to the one with the smallest chest. <laughs> Don't do that. I was just going to say, just do that. And she goes, what are you doing? Just go, I'm trying to see your titties. 
That's <laughs> so childish and stupid, but unbelievably effective. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to speak for women here, but what I really think it is, is women realize the unbelievable power that they have over guys with their looks. So if you ever indicate that there is a flaw in their looks or that they're starting to slip, it really fucks with them. It's too mean. I, dude, I, I don't have fucking sympathy for you. What are they? They're just verbally abusing you? Give them shit back. Give them, what are they saying? R- right back to me. Right back to me. What, what the fuck? What, are you one of those kids? Did you always wear a helmet when you rode a bicycle? Did you have play dates? Are you part of that fucking generation, dude? Come on, man. Snap out of it. Yeah, I just I would just be like, hey, what, when are you cunts going to stop being such cunts? Something. You got you to gotta shoot something across the bow. You got to give them shit, dude. You got to give them shit. Just point at whatever they're wearing. Be like, oh, my God, where did you get that? And then just keep walking. That's all you have to do. That fucks up a woman's day. What do you mean by that? Do you really think that, huh? You just give it back to him. Just give it back to him, dude. I, I don't, you fucking grow a dick and give it back to him, man. Come on. This is, this is like this whole fucking thing. I'm guessing you're a younger person. Oh, you said a young male. Yeah, you've been completely beaten down to the point where you're now, you know, we went from men beating women with fucking mop handles a hundred fucking years ago to now this, this, to the point of a complete overcorrection that you're going to sit here and allow yourself to get verbally abused because they're women. I do like the fact that you don't want to be a rat and rat them out. This is what you got to do, okay? Treat them with the same level of respect they're treating you. Uh, I would avoid name-calling, and I would definitely not curse. But other than that, I would be just as fucking mean as they are. I just, dude, they're so easy to fuck with. The next time one of them says something to you, just offer her some gum and just keep doing it and just being like, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I don't know what you've been eating lately, but I've noticed it over the last few days. And just invent in their head that they have this fucking halitosis. That's, that's it. And then you divide and conquer. It's, it's a joke, dude. It's not that fucking hard. You know what I mean? Just tell them which one you think is the most attractive and why. And let the other two losers fucking deal with that. And the other one will actually feel good that you said it about her. So now she's not fucking with you. And then the other two are pissed at the other girl. And then then you get some infighting. And don't bring it down to looks. Just say, you know, just you got to. She has a certain level of class that the other two of you lack. I'm not trying to be a jerk. And you just fucking leave it nice and vague like that. That's all you do. And all I'm doing is taking a page out of their book because women are masters at that vague mind fuck and then walking away. It's a work of art. I don't even think they have to work at it. They're just born with it. It's tremendous. It probably goes back in the day from when they were dragged around from cave to cave by their fucking hair. They had to say something that mind fucked the hairy douchebag that was about ready to take advantage of him so they could walk away before he fucking dragged him into the cave. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm just fucking talking all kinds of shit here. All right, let's wrap this thing up here. Career advice. Dear (laughs) Belexia Burr. Oh, that's a great one and accurate. I've been a high school teacher for the past seven years. But my dream has always to become a professional writer. Oh, that's awesome. 
You know, dude, that would be a great life. You molded some young minds and then you became a professional writer. So far, he says, so far, I don't have a teaching job for the upcoming school year. I'm considering no longer having my own classes and instead becoming substitute teacher for the school year. This would give me more time to write and submit my work to literary agents and hopefully get a big publishing deal. I've had some success so far with writing a published short story and a nomination for a literary prize. Dude, what the fuck are you waiting for? How many more signs of land do you need? This is like Columbus when he fucking sailed over and he saw some tree branches and a couple of birds. You're going to get there. The problem is that my wife and I still have a lot of student debt that we're repaying and substitute teaching teaching doesn't pay nearly as much as being a regular classroom teacher. I've put off my dream of becoming a writer for years and I think now may be the time to metaphorically push in all my chips. I might lose, but I might win. No, dude, there's no way... There's no way you lose when you go after a dream. You don't. It always leads to something better. Always. All right? Dude, fucking substitute teacher, teach and be a fucking Uber driver. All right? And, you know, eat at home more. Starving artist. I slept on a futon until I was 36. I don't fucking regret any of it. I told you that story a zillion times in this podcast. I was dating this, this woman... And I said I had a spot I had to go do, and it, it paid $8 at the comic strip during the week. Tuesday night, I went down there, and I came back. I tried on a new bit, and I was doing a – and afterwards, I was at home in my apartment, and I was doing this silly dance in the kitchen because I had a new bit, and I was psyched because I had gone through this period where I wasn't coming up with any new material. And she was laughing, and then she got a sad look on her face, and I said, what's the matter? And she said, I wish I had a job where I only got paid $8, yet I came home and I did a silly dance in the kitchen. And I never forgot that, dude. So that, you know what I mean? You're going to have to suffer a little bit. But uh, substitute teach, Uber. Dude, you you got a short story published and you got a nomination for a literary prize. Come on, man. You know what you're supposed to do. I don't even have to go through the rest of this fucking thing. He goes, all right, I'll get to the whole thing. He said... You know, part of me fights against the dream and insists that I have to do the responsible thing and keep teaching. Fuck all of that. Fuck all of it. The responsible thing to do is to listen to your heart. Uh, my question for you, either in your either in your career when you were trying to build an audience and make it as a stand-up comedian, did you struggle with the financial strain of chasing your dream? Did you ever have to choose between a good-paying job or doing stand-up? How hard, how hard was it to work had a shitty job just so you could chase your dream. Did you ever think that maybe you were wasting your time? Any advice or encouragement? I think I answered all of those. Um, it wasn't hard to work at the shitty job because I was always thinking about the exciting job I was going to do afterwards. Um, and every night that I just went up on stage, and if it just went moderately okay, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I have to be honest with you, like, I, I, I couldn't fucking believe that I was actually doing it, that I was actually, I had a dream and I was making it happen. And I still remember the first time I really went on stage and I actually got in the zone for what was considered a zone at the level comic I was. And I only was in the zone for about eight seconds. Um, I was at Nick's Comedy Stop in Framingham, on Route 9. It doesn't even exist anymore. And um, 
I just got on this roll of laughter that I was actually able to pause and fucking be in the moment and enjoy it rather than being like, oh my God, what's my next joke? What's my next joke? And um, that fucking feeling can carry you through a fucking shitty job for a week chasing to get back on stage to feel that again. And then the first time I, I got $5 for gas money, Freddie Stone, I've told all these stories, Freddie Stone, the excitable boy, is what he went by. Um, I did a room for him and he gave me $5 gas money. I'd probably spent 10 to get there and I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was like, I did that and they gave me this. I couldn't fucking believe it. At what point, just listen to the sound of my voice as I'm talking about this. Have you ever had that level of excitement doing any other fucking job? That's what it's like when you're, you, you go after uh, a dream job. So nothing, nothing is worse than not going after it, okay? And doing the responsible thing and all of that type of shit. And then you sit in your house with all your responsible stuff. Fuck all of that. It's financially, I did not do the responsible thing. And yeah, I, I t- I've said all these stories. I fucking I used to eat spaghetti every fucking night with a can of fucking Prego and then a bunch of bread. And I would just fill myself up on that. Or I'd go to Denny's and I eat, get the five stack of pancakes and just pour it in my stomach like concrete so I wouldn't have to eat the whole fucking day and do stand up in some cafeteria at some fucking college. And quitting never entered my mind. I just kept trying to get better at it because as bad as some of those gigs were, the the great ones were way better. So you'll have all of these stories just in a literary way. So without a doubt, you have to fucking do it. And um, I can tell you right now, man, like with what what you've already accomplished, like to me, I would be thinking like I'm going to I can affect way more people. And make way more fucking money and live a fucking dream being a professional writer. I mean, that'd be unbelievable. Be unbelievable. So not to say there's anything wrong with teaching, but if teaching isn't your dream, that's just the job you're doing. So I'm not shitting on teachers out there. It's one of the most underrated jobs and, of course, most underpaid jobs ever. Um, But I'm just trying to amp you up here. So... Go out and fucking do it and email me when you get published because uh, I think you're going to. I don't think you, you, you know. Look, if you're a bunch, up against a bunch of other shit writers and you won one thing, but you got two things going on here, all right? Give me a fucking break. All right, you just need to push yourself out of the fucking bush. Not the bush, the nest. <laughs> the bush. That was oddly gross. All right, that's the fucking podcast for this week. Um, oh, this fucking burrito fucking with me. Oh, the hiccups. What did I do? Um, Back on the horse, back on the horse, back on the horse. I go to the gym every day. It's just become popular. And if you don't want to be fair, go to the gym every day, you cunt. All right, hit the gym hard. Go after your dreams. Go fuck yourselves. I'll check in on you on Thursday. See you. Come get what you deserve Kill the very